0: Hello, welcome back. It's another episode of your favourite podcast. It's a Talking Bollocks Bolocast! Welcome, welcome one, welcome all. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. Yes, he of Acid Rain, who've just released a new album. Yeah, just the other day. Just the other day. And to person listening to it in the future, this is around late September in 2019 2019 2019? it's not 2019 is it okay i think i'm there so there you go um back in these days we didn't even know how to say the numbers of um uh years that we are actually living in when i say we i of course mean me the magical dickhead that um hosts this mess that is talking bollocks so uh, yes I sing in acid rain I do stand up comedy as uh, Keith Platt professional Yorkshireman I do this podcast you can find uh, talking bollocks and also uh, social media um, sometimes spelt with a z on the end do join the twitter fun um, and also um, uh, acid rain you can find us everywhere and Keith Platt you can find everywhere so Let's get straight into topics of what has been happening in the world of metal since we last spoke. Well, funnily enough, I mentioned join the fun on Twitter. Yes, well, this month on the 15th of September, for somebody, it wasn't fun. That somebody was Steve Hammond, spelled H-A-M-O-N. Steve Hammond had this to say on Twitter. Absolutely disgusted at and tags Acid Rain. Singer's comments on his podcast about there being no more Big Four gigs because of the soon-to-be death of at Dave Mustaine, tags him in the tweet. Shame on you, right? Now, um, there's a few things here. There's a, as, as I believe it's popular to say, there's a lot to unpack. For a start, Steve didn't tag the podcast. He tagged Acid Rain. Um, so wanted to go for, you know, as many followers as he could find, I would imagine. Um, and he also tagged Dave Mustaine. Now, if he's so disgusted by this, I mean, what, why would, why would you tag Dave Mustaine in that? In this, if it's so disgusting, if it's such a hideous comment, what, why tag Dave in it? Why would Dave want to see that? I I, 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 well, I was going to say I don't get it, but I do. Somebody wanted to have some acknowledgement from Dave Mustaine. Um, instead, unfortunately for Steve, he just got tweets from me and then quite a few of you piled in as well. Now, I'm not going to have a go at Steve um, because um, he's taken what I said out of context straight away. Um, and as soon as you take comedy out of context, anything you know, written down can look pretty fucking horrendous. Um, uh, that was a joke. I did say I was joking and apologised for it straight afterwards. Um but that we then got into the whole, oh, you know, I said, look, you know, don't try and don't try and make out I was serious. So then we got into the, oh, cancer is a suitable topic for comedy, is it? Well, yeah, there's loads of comedians who do bits on cancer. There's loads of comedians who've had cancer who do, do bits on cancer. There's actually two doctors who do uh, stand up shows and they're, 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 nearly their entire set is about cancer. Now, the thing is that... um. It's quite obvious to me that Steve is hurting. He has either lost somebody recently, is about to lose somebody, um, or, or is maybe even suffering himself, and so is in a very, very sensitive state of mind, a very, very sensitive place. And it would be um, remiss of me to, to, to lay into him for, you know, oh, well, you know, bloody hell, it's just a joke and all the rest of it, because clearly it's, it's close, you know, it's hitting where he lives, and, uh, and I get that. I get that. But that happens all the time in comedy when I'm, uh, you know, you're doing gigs and, you know, you might, you might do five um, topics and people, uh, you know, you get somebody who absolutely pisses himself at four of the topics. But then when one of the topics is close to home, oh, I'm offended. Oh, you know, there's no, it's like, well, hang on, you laughed at the other four things and they were, you know, equally risque but they were OK. But as soon as it's something that you have knowledge of or that affects you or that's going on in your life right now, suddenly it's offensive. Um, and ultimately, you know, gallows, humour, etc. It's been around for centuries and all topics are open for comedy. Um, I actually felt that Dave Mustaine could have gone his entire life without ever finding out anything I'd said and. Um, but Steve decided to rope him in, which, again, I, I, I thought was pretty disgusting. Um, and not tagging uh, the podcast at all, uh, again, just smacks of trying to get as many eyes on it as possible. Um, and it's I mean, it's just it's classic. It's classic kind of now, really. You know, it's classic. um uh, outrage, you know. As as I do believe, Jamie Jaster says. I am going to give him credit. He calls it the outrage of the day, and um, and and you know, it, that's the outrage of today. Is he was pissed off with me, um, but it's not to do with me. It's more to do with uh, with him. It's more to do with. So, Steve, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, um, because it's a disgusting podcast, or maybe you are wanting to hear what my reaction is. Whatever you're going through. Whoever is going through it, be it you or anyone close to you, I wish you the absolute best and a full recovery. Recovery? Recovery. But humour is humour. Yeah? I mean, I might do a joke about a car crash, you know, and all of a sudden somebody's going to get offended because they were recently in a car crash. You can't do a censor. You can't do a census of an audience. Find out what's been going on in their lives and steer clear of those topics. A, that's not how comedy works. B, that's not how comedy works. Now, totally understand it was on a podcast. It was still, you know, this is still a lighthearted comedy, apart from this. F- it's still light lighthearted podcast, apart from this fucking bit. Um, so there you go. I've explained myself. I've said all I need to. And, um, you know, Steve, I wish you well. I wish you well. Now. Let's get back to me being a loudmouth twat shouting his mouth off about stuff that uh, going to get him in trouble. Um first up it has to be um we've got to start one place, Hetfield. Hetfield back in um uh, in uh, rehab for alcohol addiction I think it says now or i you know whatever it is. Um it's it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. He's get, he's gone back. He's getting help. Um They do say that, you know, uh, you know, you might you might not have drunk for 15, 20 years, but you're still a recovering alcoholic. Um, Plenty of people do go back into rehab. Um, Plenty of people have, um, you know, have have incidents where they, you know, they they stumble, they don't fall, but they do need to go back and uh, and get a refresher. And um, it's got to be done, you know, good on him. Um, I think it's, you know, it's admirable. Um, and clearly it had to be done, so for what it's worth, I wish him all the best and for that while we're there, I wish Dave Mustaine all the best as well you know i um, i you know i am i'm I'm going back to the first bit again, aren't I? I'm repeating myself, but anyway, you know let's just everybody be wonderful to each other all the time, okay, and uh good luck James, good luck, Dave, Both of them needing you know some well not so much luck but more some great doctors, cool, okay, moving on. Whitfield Crane was once asked to join Judas Priest. What the fuck were those guys thinking? Yeah, I mean, you are kidding me. Whitfield Crane of Ugly Kid Joe in in Judas Priest. Let's just think about that for a minute. Rob Halford, the metal god, being replaced by Whitfield Crane. I mean, it's not like Whitfield Crane of... You know, now it would have been the Whitfield Crane. It was the Whitfield Crane of a good few years ago. But for a start, the name. You can't have somebody in Judas Priest called Whitfield Crane. It's just not happening. It's really not. I mean, it sounds like some ancient wizard or something or some, you know, some some old hermit who lives on a hill and nobody, you know, nobody dare go up to his house. Oh, that's Whitfield Crane's house. Yes, he lives there. It's all, it's all boarded up and you're never to go there. He's always, oh, he's, he's an evil man and if you get in his, if you wander into his garden, he'll hit you in the face with a massive leak. I mean, what the fuck? Um, Whitfield Crane and Judas Priest. Come on. And then we got Vinnie Vincent, right? Just throwing it out there that... Um, if I was to if I was was to go uh, into uh, 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 join up with Kiss again, um, it'd have to be the money would have to be right because I wouldn't do it for Tommy Thayer's salary. And it's like, oh my god, this is such a lack of class. It's like it really is just a fucking money making machine, isn't it, Dear me? I mean, just hold on, open auditions for money hungry wankers, and um, you know have it let's set up another lineup let's have another kiss oh God, what am i saying what am i talking about what the fuck is wrong with me that's a terrible idea sorry listeners i do apologize for that that's possibly one of the worst ideas I've ever had. Um, that really is. So um, uh, I might have to pause, by the way, because I'm expecting a call from um, our agent, um, well, Acid Rain's live agent. Um, so if that happens, then I will just put you guys on pause. Not for long. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be right back. In fact, due to the magic of the pause button, um, you won't even notice. You know, that's, that's kind of how it works. Um, so what else has been going on? Tool. Yes, Tool and that their album. Fear inoculum. Um, I made a note. I made a note at the beginning of the month when I got it saying to talk about it on the podcast. And I made a note saying, um, you know, if I don't get into this album, it's kind of my fault um, because it's just it's going to need more time and concentration than 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 I can give it. You know, I really need to sit down and live with it. And then I've made another note later further on down, going, "Oh, I'm starting to get into it." And then I've made another note further down, going, "Yeah, actually, I'm really digging it." Um, I've got to say, I I do I I, I do like it. Um, it's it's those songs are fucking long, though, aren't they? Really, aren't they? They are long, long ass songs. I mean, I know they've been going down that route for a long time now, but you know, I do miss the days of. Um, uh, enema, anema, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, um, where, you know, you just add like a six or seven, I I miss those days, I miss tool songs being sensible length, but I have to point out, if it's your first album in 14 years, one of the songs being a drum solo, that is just fucking disrespectful, that is, that is pissing in my face, in my ears actually, that is pissing in my ears, it's just, i'm not having that it's just disrespectful 14 years a drum solo with some sound effects go fuck yourself do not do not pull that shit off on me that is just bang out of order and i think for that very reason i'm not going to be buying a physical copy of it because um you know one song one whole six minutes a bloody drum solo no i'm not having it i'm not i'm making a stand i'm making a stand Check out me, all entitled, hey, hey. See what I've done there. Yes, the new Acid Rain album, The Age of Entitlement, is out after a 29-year gap, and that's been um, a complete headfuck, to be honest with you guys. Um, uh, in, in, the, in the in the you know best kind of headfuck way, it's been a good skullfucking. Um, <laughs> skullfucking. How do you get skullfucked? Is it is it in the eyes? Do you get a, do, you, do you fuck the eye socket? Do you get you fuck in the ear? Or is it just a good old fashioned getting fucked in the mouth? I don't know. I don't know. Skull fucking. I might have to look. Do you know what? I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, fuck you. know what's coming, don't you? Uh, just give me a second. <laughs> I'm just going to do some research. Oh, this is an internet hole I did not want to fall down. Fucking hell. Right, here we go. Wiktionary. Skull fuck, Noun. An instance of skull fucking skullfuck verb to actively penetrate someone's mouth to have vigorous oral sex and then skullfuck verb to penetrate someone's eye socket are you fuck what what who is doing that 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 cannot be happening and then and there's like alternative searches for skullfuck Uh, synonyms anagrams Quotes containing the term Skullfuck. Phrases containing the term Skullfuck. Poems containing the the term Skullfuck. Fucking hell. Um, That was the Wiktionary link. Um, What is Skullfuck? Definition from Kinkley. Um, This is Kinkley.com. Skullfuck refers to vigorous oral sex. It comes about in an extreme state of excitement. Oral sex can be very intense. Oh fucking advert appears. Um, oral sex can be so intense that some people go crazy they literally want to fuck the giver's mouth a skull fuck can happen to anyone regardless of gender the key to getting a skull fuck is to know how to get, give good head as the term implies a skull fuck can be brutal especially when I, I th- we've done enough now we've done enough but there's no mention of fucking eye sockets in that one so I prefer that definition sorry disappeared down uh, you know this I, I guess this is why I'm single <laughs> I think this has got this this has got quite a lot to do with uh, with why I'm single. I'm just gonna have to pause you again. Hang on, I'd forgotten to wind the cable round the round the mic, and if I don't do that at some point, I'll point I'll pull it out and it will screw up the fucking podcast. Yeah, so there you go. Fancy that, eh? Me single. This me. I'm a fucking catch. Um, uh, but yeah, so anyway, <laughs> talk, that's classic ADHD right there, guys. That really is. And the phone's ringing, so I'm gonna have to go and get that. Be back in a minute. And it wasn't Acid Rain's agent, after all, it was some fucking twat um, wanting to know if I'd just been in an accident. And um, uh, I said, if you call me again, you'll be in a fucking accident. Fucking, I'm a wit, right? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, wit. Um, Look, guys, it's time for an interview. So let's do it, shall we? Let's goddamn do it. Um, So first up is... Well, ex overkill and Battle Zone drummer Paul Diano's Battle Zone, and overkill drummer Sid Falk. Um, Sid has not done an interview for quite some time that I'm aware of, um, and we end up uh, having just an awesome chat. Um, such a lovely guy. Um, in this conversation, you will hear us I, I was trying to get him to open his Twitter account again, but he, he wasn't sure how to. Um, And or if he'd be able to. And then literally a few days ago, um, I'd already followed him on Twitter. And a few days ago, he followed me back. So Sid is back. Despite what happens in this interview, Sid is back on um, on Twitter. So. um, So, yeah, give him a follow. He's at Sid Falk. That's S.I.D. Sid Falk. F.A.L.C.K. All in lowercase at Sid Falk. Um, this is such a cool interview I really enjoyed it What a lovely guy And he's obviously had quite a fair amount of bad luck in his life and But he's still got such a wonderful outlook on life And I found it really inspiring talking to him I really did And I hope you find it inspiring to listen to Here's me and Sid having a chat a couple of weeks ago Oh. Hello? Hello Sid
1: Yeah
0: How are you? doing. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? <laughs>
1: I'm uh I'm just uh getting old and going deaf.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll make sure I speak up then.
1: Yeah, I w- I was trying to put my phone headset on. I'm like no fuck that. I- I can still hear a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome man. Well I'm um look, I'm I'm recording straight off the bat, so we're um uh we're we're right into it. Um and it seems like I got you at an ideal time. You said you were just finishing a mix.
1: Well, I was working on one. Uh I'm working on one for I'm uh currently working with a with a oh what do you call it. It's not really a metal band, a, more like a hard rock. 80s hard rock band, not hair metal or anything, but more like in uh, maybe like the cult or you know that type of music. So uh, we're just finishing up a single, and then we're gonna uh, start pre-production on a uh, on the album. Uh, I think September 30th.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So is, are you, you're just working. You're just on the production side of this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not playing. Uh, uh, I'm almost uh, lost. Uh, use for my legs. Or uh, over the last four years uh, three years i guess three years
0: uh, is that is that complete use complete use say what is that sort of complete use of your legs
1: not complete no i just um i got nerve uh, yeah it's a fucking long story boring uh, but uh it's, it's it boiled down to i had had some uh, blown discs in my low back and they went and fixed it. In the first surgery, my uh, spinal cord lighting tore. So they went and repaired that. And since then, I've had two full fusions. So I'm fused like with three levels. But it uh it's damaged the nerve that goes down to my feet and my lower legs. So uh medically, they call it drop foot. But it essentially is when you went to take a step, instead of the toes lift up, they sometimes drag, you know, because the nerves don't tell your foot to, to lift. Yeah so that that means like playing drums can be a problem because that my feet doesn't always do what my brain tells them to because they're not getting the right signals
0: right right i mean, so I, that, I mean well, I tell you what man i've played I've played with a few drummers like that 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 didn't have anything wrong with them,
1: wrong with them. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, at least you at least you're genuine, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not like I don't, I don't know. I mean, there. I don't know
1: if they're – I really haven't sat down and tried to play, just because it's like. I, I, I think it's mostly you. At least for me, it's it's a, it's a thing that you wanna. You want to think in your brain that you could still do it to a certain extent you don't you don't want to sit down and prove yourself wrong, you know what I'm saying?
0: I know exactly what you're saying you, you, you don't you, yeah yeah you you
1: kind of want to be delusional, you you want to keep your delusions. Hey, I could still do it if I really wanted to, but you don't really want to find out that that might not be the case <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I mean well absolutely when you've been when you've been playing that long, why put yourself through? The experience of sitting behind the kit and and not being able to pull off what y- you've always been able to pull off because that's just gonna that's just gonna you know break you.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's it's you know, it's in 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 real life, it's it's depressing to all of a sudden find out, you know, that well, actually, it happened in a it happened over from in the first back surgery was in August of two thousand sixteen. And uh, by December, I I had to walk with a cane. So it happened like in three four months. So that that was quite you know, quite quite a dramatic change. And, you know, so I was working on, <clears throat> at the time it happened. I was working on my own project called Infectious 13, and we we're we we're taking some breaks. It's been going on forever. I mean, I know you're you're you've been there trying to put things back together after being out of it for a while so
0: absolutely I yeah. It can
1: be, yeah I mean I, I know it took you a couple of years to get even figured out how the hell how do you, how do you start back up and, and I was the same and it just took forever but we we're kind of where we were starting to move on the riding and everything and then you know this shit happened and it, it was really depressing so I, I really don't want to get more depressed by not being able to be delusional thinking i could still play to a you know i might not be able to play you know 300 beats per minute double kick but i could certainly still play
0: 160 <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, you know that's totally understandable though i'm you know i i i absolutely know where you're coming from. Um and um, yeah, like you say, why, why, why do that to yourself? And by the sounds of it, you're still, you know, you're you're, you're still remaining involved in the in, in the industry as well and helping other people.
1: Yeah, I, I really, it's 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 really, and then again, you you know this, you know, it's it's really hard to walk away from. You know, I tried it, and uh, and, and it's it. It after a while, you know, you might be okay with telling people, nah, you know, maybe someday, but not really, you know. But but after a while, it does start pulling because it, it's. I think it's it's for me at least. It, I think it was kind of an ego thing, not not a fame thing, but an ego thing in the sense that you know you hear all this new crap that's been coming out in the last. Well, I call it crap, you know, that that's been in the in the in the world of metal and thrash metal or whatever you want to call it you know mean, you, you hear it and you go what the fuck is wrong with these people why why don't they write good shit anymore why they why they don't even fucking play this shit right you know so you start your ego start playing well my ego started playing you know what i could fucking do that 10 times better yeah and and then you start convincing yourself that you really could and at that point you're like okay let's do it you know so I, I think it, it, at least for me, and, and probably for, 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 for many other people, it's, it was an ego thing. Just you know, and, and let me let me get back out there and show these fucking whippersnappers how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> how, how we used to do it in the old days. I mean, you were you were right there in the old days, right around the same time. I, I, I started out in London in '84 well, no, to '86. So you you started
0: out right around the same time, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, eighty five, but uh, and and when we so when were you in? Just to go back into the deep depth and the deep past, when were you? In what years were you in Battle Zone?
1: That was from eighty four to eighty six.
0: Oh, man! I was really hoping that you managed to make it into eighty seven, because then we would have had a we would have had a definite link, because the. Um, the management company, the management arm of Power Station Records, was called Song Management, and Song Management managed um, Acid Rain for the sort of first kind of third of our career until 1991. So we'd have effectively been on kind of inverted commas the same label. But um, um, what? So what? What brought you over here? Was it the Battle Zone opportunity, or were you were you over here anyway? How did that work
1: out? I, I just. The, uh, well, I, I, I guess you know I'm originally from Denmark, and Denmark is a yeah. tiny fucking little little country. You know, you you you, you, you get an education, whether it's blue collar or white collar, and you go to work. Uh, you know, you, you could try. I mean, you have a hit record. You sell, I think, five thousand copies. You get gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's not a lot of incentive if you want to play music, and I wanted to play music. That, that was very clear because that was you know you know it's not the old I don't know if it was it it was the only thing that came easy to me and that sounds a little arrogant but it 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 really you know, it kinda did come easy to me and I, I enjoyed it so I, I realized you wanna do this. Denmark is not the place to be. My brother had moved to London some years earlier and he actually had at that time he had a, a Hi-fi speaker company called SD Acoustics in uh, out of Surbiton, London, Surbiton by London, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it's not, I just basically fucking after I was done with my military service, I just packed a suitcase and shipped my drums over and just started looking in the back of uh, um, what was it, NME and Melody Maker and all those magazines in London, and and uh, I put an ad in and and. uh a fellow named John early called me like a couple of days later and said, Hey, 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 you want to, I can't tell you who we're working with, but we're, we're working with somebody who's quite a name. And do you want to come up and just see how we all get along? And so I did that. I can't remember where the hell we went. Uh, some kind of studio in East London. And we did, we, you know, we just fool around, play some shit. And they played some riffs and, uh, you know, and he said, Hey man, this, this, really worked we had a good time and all that and so, so basically what we we're doing we we're uh this this is paul Diano's new band and i was like oh okay he said you know him yeah of course I know him. I said, you like him i don't know i mean i never met him uh, I'm, I'm i'm more of a bruce dickinson fan <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so but but regardless you know it, it, it also we, we uh we started that up but we we uh we we fumbled around for a couple of years eventually we we ended up making the uh, fighting the back album, the first battle zone album and, and there was there was a lot of friction because I think there's there's a lot of friction because there's a lot of egos, myself included, and also because we we didn't take it serious. You know, it was it twenty four fucking twenty four seven party time, you know what I'm saying? You can't do that and then and then hope to get something good out of it in the end. So you know, uh, we, we, we did some shows, we did like uh, in Europe, not much, and, but we did like the, I think it was the second Dynamo Open Air Festival, and then we went over in the fall of uh, 86, we went on an American tour, and I had told my management, the head of that tour, that I was splitting, I was like, I, I, I can't do this no more, and they said, well, you're booked for a, for a U.S. tour, finish the tour, and then you can leave, type, you know, and I was like, okay. So that was really how I came to, to end up in America. I just, you know, I, I just said, well, I, I became really, really good friends with my, with uh, the American tour manager. And he said, hey, dude, why don't, if you want to stay, come live with me upstate New York. I said, we'll figure something out. And uh, I was like, okay. And uh, it, it just so happened that, that he was also uh, Overkill's tour manager and light, light guy. And then that, so I stayed behind, and you know, Overkill was out finishing up a tour uh, for what was that Taking Over album in '86, '87.
0: And yeah, they were. Yeah,
1: that's split yeah, I, think I did, at that part, Rat Rat had split, and they were using a guy named Mark Archibald who was really just a stand-in drummer, and they had already decided that he was not. He was. He was. Really good standing drummer, but his personality did not work in the band because he was a major pophead, and uh, that that was certain members of Overkill like couldn't stand popheads. So yeah, you know they knew that would that would never be. It, he he was basically not invited, not because of his ability to play, but just really was a personality thing. And then you know Rick Rick had been uh, told manager had been telling them, hey dude, you need, you need to try this guy. You need to see this guy and so i went and, uh i don't remember when it was uh i think it was in like december november or something of 87 i went down to new york city and didn't addition we got along really well and I, they asked me said hey you want to come play with us and so that was kind of it you know it was, it was a it was a big I'll, I'll tell you the biggest thing that for me was was like uh I don't know if it was a shock up uh, something I wasn't used to necessarily, and it sounds pretty pathetic, but I was not. There was they were so professional, you know what I'm saying? It was like they're meticulous, yeah. we practice, we practice, we did, and I'm like. Give me the riff when I can kind of make it through fifty percent of the song. I'm ready to go out and play. I don't want to sit here and fucking play to a dead room. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> and they were they were like the direct opposite. You know, we 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 play this so we can fucking. It. It's like I I I very much think it's a it's an American way of looking at things versus the European way. Not that that us Europeans are not dedicated. We we just I think we're we're less a, we're less business like. We're, we're a lot more just yeah this is going to be fun and cool you know it's not it's not worth doing whereas in america yeah but it's only fun and cool once it's a good business so that was a fucking shock for me i was like holy shit they actually want me to practice <laughs> 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 so yeah that that's kind of like my my background how, how i ended up with diano and then for a couple of years and then uh and, and and then split from that and then up here in america and I've been here
0: ever since so what led what led to the um to the split with um with overkill was it was it too was it too professional too much of the time or did you just kind of grow apart or you know what happened
1: oh man it's it's
0: can you even remember
1: yeah 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 uh, yeah i can remember it's it, it was sudden that just it it, it grew that you know, things was things was going well. It was definitely not. I I, I quite quickly learned to appreciate that that uh, you know the whole you know this is not this is not just something you do anymore. This is, this is your job. This is kind of like this is for real. You know, playing drums is no longer just something that's cool, and sometimes you can get some. If you don't get paid, you get some beer. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really learned to appreciate it that fast. So that was never a problem. I mean, I never liked to re—I I didn't like to rehearse. They all knew that, and that was fine. But uh, it was just after the years, after the years of decay, when uh, uh, I guess you would say there was a falling out between the two main members of the band, which was well, I shouldn't say two, uh, mostly Dee Dee and Bobby Gosselin wasn't getting along as that well and uh we, yeah. they had started yeah they had just started come together after we took a break from the years tour that was a that was quite a long tour and and and, and shitload of shows so we took i think we took like a couple of months off and i had had knee surgery in the meantime so bobby and D had gone together in a in a, in a studio in brooklyn was starting to was going to start right and i wasn't there so i mean obviously i've heard I'm still friends with both BD Dee Dee and Bobby Gustafson so uh, shit happened and, and it kind of be, became like okay well the band will continue without Gustafson after that it became I don't know how to how to say it because it, it it's not really negative but it's obviously the dynamics in the band change when something like that happens yeah. before before we were at four piece you know I was the new guy in the three you know, the Bobby, Gus, and Blitz and Didi were, were were like the old guard. They were the, you know, Didi was the, the founder of the band. Blitz had been there almost from the beginning, and Bobby had had come in after they did I I don't know what they did a video, uh, not a video, but like a demo or something with Dan Spitz and somebody else, uh, something Mediola or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Bobby had been there since before they got signed to Megaforce Atlantic. So so when when one of the three main guys leaves. He also happens to be a big part of the writing team. You know, the dynamics really change. Yeah. And I didn't agree with a lot of those dynamics. So there's there's things that, that you know, it, it just started to become really contentious. Both, both you know, Bobby and Dee Dee changed their attitude a little bit because all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, our business could potentially fall apart. Some people don't believe we can pull it up without justice and you know, this this is our life and and they had put their whole life in it up until that point. So I, I understand that why you kinda you know, you circle the wagons and kinda you know, we're the two main guys, we, we need to really, you know, get our heads together and, and now it's you you know, us two against the world and, and I kinda felt like, Yeah, you know what? I'm here too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. you know yeah. it's
1: like, I mean, uh, I, I've, I've done a couple of albums with you, and they, you know one has done better than the other, and so far and so far, I mean, you know, I'm part of the equation too, and I didn't feel that was really you know I, I didn't feel that was really the case, that I, I, it, it almost seems like I became even less of a part of, of, of whatever. So you know, obviously that, that you know that, that I had an attitude. Which i'm going to be i'm going to be first to it does it does not take very much for me to get an attitude about things, you know, I don't know if it's a drummer thing or a Danish thing or whatever, but you know so so it just just it's, things started becoming contentious between you know b d is very quiet even though he has definite opinions he's typically very quiet he, he he if if he he can't be bothered with arguing with people, he'll just shake his head and walk away. Blitz and I are both very high strong. So a lot of the a lot of the contention subjects were between me and Blitz and we started arguing, which was really horrible because we had been really good friends. As a matter of fact, when I very first joined the band, you know, he was he was there helping me out with everything, just, you know, need anything, need anything. So that it kind of just became really uncomfortable. And I just decided, you know what, it's it's this this ain't working. I'm not having fun. This is not you know. Even if it's a business, you can go. Oh, what do you want to do? You wanna do you wanna keep your sanity, or you wanna just keep getting a paycheck that you don't like making anymore? So I you know uh, I I lived about a third of the way into the horoscope world well, so tour after the album I've been released and and you know. It was in retrospect. I, I did it in a very douchebaggy way because I, I really didn't give. I, I gave them, you know, three weeks notice. Simply, you know, first show in on the European leg. I was just like, hey, after Europe, I'm done. I'm gone. And they're like, holy shit, we have contracts that, you know, blah 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 blah. I said, okay, you gotta you 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 have me till the end of March, and whatever contracts you have that needs to be fulfilled, they've got to have in between we get back from Europe, which was the end of February. And, and it has to, I'm sure you, you, you have done the same deals with it Rain for like merchandise and publishing yeah. advancements yeah. and shit. Yeah. But especially merchant, merchandise is, is the big one. You, you have to play X amount of shows in, in this time frame or within this period. In order to fulfill your contract, <clears throat> or you are going to have to pay the advance back? It's it's like say, unless there's you know a, a, an act of God, like you know one of your members get killed or whatever. But so you the band is obligated to play X amount of headline shows in in um, you know in a, in a four month period or three months. I can't remember the period. So we were short. So essentially. They very quickly managed to set up a tour that was like, I can't fucking remember. It was it was, it was really grueling. And uh, it, it was something like 20, 20, 23 or 24 shows in 30 days. Wow. It, it was just a fucking, yeah, it, it was, you know, not just physically exhausting, but it was mentally exhausting because... Now everybody was kind of walking around on eggshells, we pretending to get along just so we can get this finished in the proper manner. But I've already left the band, and they already pissed at me for for leaving them high and dry, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, I'm gonna be the first to fucking admit that it's it's oh man, that was a douchebag thing to do. But I was just a, no fuck you, man. If you don't, I felt slighted, whether that's real or not. You know, it doesn't matter. It's like I have one of my favorite sayings, and I'm by no means a philosopher. But one of my favorite sayings has always been: "Each person's reality is, or each person's perception is that person's reality." My perception, where I all being slighted. Yeah. And so that gave me an attitude. I'm like, "Fuck, fuck you, then you don't need me, then, do you?" Well, let's see. And 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 of course, that's you know, nothing in nothing in life is is black and white. Yeah. So if if. If you don't sit down and you've been there, if you don't sit yeah. down and say, OK, we, we got to have a conversation for X amount of time and we're not allowed to get pissed at each other. We've got to figure this out. What is the actual problem? Why are you feeling this way? Why are you being this way? And you you tell me and I can't get pissed at you regardless of what you say. But you know what? Bands never do that. You just get pissed and walk out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or not pissed in the English sense, but.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> <for the> <laughs> no, I, I know what you may know. It's it's like um, I remember. I remember our first manager. In fact, um, I don't know if you know him. Actually, Kevin Kevin Nixon. Kevin, Kevin Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin was our Kevin was our first manager, and um, oh. he, and he, he, he said to me, you know, um, sometimes it's better when the pots and pans fly you know you don't you don't don't worry about arguing do argue you know get it out there so everybody knows how everybody feels because that's the only way you can that you can find a solution
1: sometimes it's true yes but but have you noticed in a lot of arguments there's very few valid points being brought up it's really just you end up yelling insults at each other you're not actually arguing you're not Arguing about the actual reason why you're arguing, you're just arguing and calling each other names.
0: Yeah, you're not. You're not debating. You're not debating the facts of the situation. You're letting off steam at each other.
1: Exactly, and then, and that's that's where you know. There's a final. I I agree. It's it really that you you're never gonna move on if you don't get shit figured out. I mean, if there's if there's a problem and and you just if you don't address that problem, you're not going to be able to move on. You're, you're eventually something is going to happen and somebody's going to just say, fuck it. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's where I said, there's, you know, to me, the biggest way of sorting it out is sit down and say, okay, we're going to tell each other why we are the way we are. And when you talk to me, I can't, if you say something I feel is insulting, I can't get pissed at you because your perception of me is that I did something that insulted you. So, and vice versa. But, you know, it's, I think especially in in the environment of a band, you never do that. You just fucking start yelling at each other, or or worse. Actually, even yelling at each other, calling each other names, can be okay to a certain extent. And, but half the time, you don't even bother. You just turn around and walk away. At least, you know, in 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 essence, that's what I did, and that's you know, something that I didn't talk to to anybody in the well. I talked to Didi a couple of times just around. The year after I left, he had his first daughter, or so on. Since but I really didn't talk to anybody in the band for 15 years, and and, and it was just you know, it's that that's something too. What a waste of time, you know what I'm saying? Over something that may or may not even have been something the other guys was aware of, you know? Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that Blitzen D actually. I'm gonna tell you, I'm pretty confident that Blitz and D.D. did not slight me on purpose. I don't think they ever... I've never had this discussion with everybody still assumes that me and Blitz hated each other. And I lived because, A, me and Blitz hated each other, B, I lived because of money, or C, I left because of my health. And me, none, of those are, none of those are correct. The only thing that's correct is, yes, me and Blitz did the arguing because we were the two that... that don't hold back our emotions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, Dee Dee, he's, doing, well, whatever, fuck, you know, be pissed if you want to, Is I don't care, I, I'm, I can't be bothered, Dee Dee just, is very, he's laid back, but he's, very involved, but he just, you know, to him, arguing is petty, and I can't be bothered with petty shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: But, yeah, so, so we didn't talk for like 15 fucking years, and, uh, uh, actually, we didn't see each other again until if they, they had recorded an album called Immortalis, I think it was called, and they were doing a they were doing a one-off warm-up show in upstate New York in a town called Elmira, and it just so happened that my old my our old tour manager. Rick, that I talked about before, he lived in Elmira and I was visiting him. He, he and I have have become closer than we, we are with our real families. But I was at him, he said, Hey, you know who's going to be here tomorrow? I'm like, no, how, how would I know that somebody coming to Elmira, this, this, you know, three cow, two sheep town? Man. And um, he said, Oh, Michael's going to play here tomorrow. I'm like, Oh. And you tell me this, why don't no, people stay doing a warm-up show? I think we should go. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. You know, if I show up, I have no idea. It could be, it, it, it has the potential to get really up, really quick. And, uh, you know, so you say, well, if, if shit gets bad, we just walk, we leave. So we did. And every, you know, first of all, they didn't recognize me. because so obviously my appearance had changed quite a bit. You know, I didn't have hair down to my ass and you know, you know I, I didn't look respectable. I don't think I ever have looked res- respectable, but <laughs> you know, they uh they actually didn't recognize me. I mean, we we went on the bu- on the bus first and of course and Didi was was sitting in the front lounge of the bus and the, Rick walks in first and I'm right behind him, and he jumps up, hugs Rick and Hey buddy, howdy how you say? and uh Dee says, Hey uh, Rick says, Hey, see who I brought and Apparently, I looked like one of their old roadies from that town, so that's what he thought. He thought my name. He thought I was a former roadie named Jim. He said, hey, Jim, and I'm like I look at Rick. We sitting there, and he's sitting across from us. And this, did he just call me Rick. Uh, did he just call me Jim?" And and Dee goes, "Yeah, man. I never. Call, I was not one of the guys who called you, duh." Because I guess that guy was a little bit slow, right? And Rick, look, Rick, Rick looks at Dee He says, fucking sit, you moron." And he just completely turns, you know, fire engine red and goes, holy shit. <laughs> you know, so it was that much of a surprise to where he actually had to be told who I was. And of course, you know, Hawks, Hawks Galore, all that shit. Yeah. A uh, little later Blitz comes in and he starts introducing himself to me. And Deedee just starts rolling, fucking laughing. And Blitz, you know, hey, Bobby Blitz, nice to meet you. Who are you? And Didi is just fucking laughing his ass off. And, and, and Bobby turns around and goes, what's wrong? It's fucking Sid. And, and Blitz just goes, oh. And I'm like, okay, here it comes. Let's see. And, in a, you know, three seconds of staring at each other. And, was, and you know, the past was gone. It was just, it was, we, we had a little quick talk, just basically, you know, hey, you know, we wasted a bunch of the year. Let's not do that again. So now actually we're we're quite close uh talking a lot text a lot message a lot and all this that, and the other thing and uh, so yeah but yeah there was a period of we still we still haven't sat down and just why did you leave because you know at this point does it matter
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying it, it's yeah. like everybody it, it's it's natural for people for people who first of all, i don't understand why anybody want to talk to me because i don't have fucking anything interesting to say but second of all, you know, it, it, when when I do talk to people uh, like in interviews or whatever, it's it's like they want to, Why did you leave? Boba? Like, why does it matter? It was whatever twenty yeah. years ago. <laughs> why does it matter to this day? You know, I mean, because most people, I think, they're really just looking for dirt. So yeah, it, you know, you can get something public fighting or arguing going. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean.
0: Oh well okay. people people will do anything people will do anything to try and get clickbait and get a headline these days but um I knew things must have been I knew things must have been good between you guys because Chris who put me in touch with you obviously um knows Overkill very well and I've had I mean I've had Bob I've had Bobby on the show I think three times um, yeah. so so I knew everything must have been good with you guys um, but I guess it's kind of like it it's sort of a question I kind of have to ask, which is unfortunate. But you know, believe it or not, there will be people listening to this who won't have heard any of the you know this before, and and will be you know will be genuinely interested because Overkill is as big a deal now as as they've ever been, and you're part of that history.
1: Yeah, and and I totally get it, and 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 as I say, I think I think I I think the interest for that particular point in time is still there because of the way it went down you know what i'm saying it, it was very obvious that this was not you know this hey, you know Sid's gonna do the last album the last tour and, and he's gonna no it was just all of a sudden i was gone you know and so obviously people are like what the fuck happened i get that right yeah totally you know i totally get that and 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 it's, it's just you know everybody it's not even something I've sat down and talked to Blitz and Deedee about. We've never done that, so I'm, I'm kind of like you know. I, I I honestly always just say I wasn't having fun, which is the truth. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. I've never really gotten into details like I just did now before, and and, and you know, it's uh, it's because it's it's really a private. A, if you know, you can't. Oh, man, what what what? How is it, you know? You 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 don't you can't want to be in the public eye and stay and at the same time have have everything be private you know what i'm saying
0: yes absolutely
1: i mean and, and whether or not you and i or everybody else became musicians because we wanted to be famous is is that that you know of course we did to a, to at least to a to an extent that we wouldn't have gone through all the shit we did but at the same time, then we had those ambitions, but then at the same, we we wanted, you know, oh man, I want to be on, I want to be on an album cover, I want to be in the fucking rock magazine, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then still think, well, don't ask me anything, you know. It, and I, and I'm really bad about that. I I really try to keep very private for a lot of the, a lot of silly reasons, just, but. And so I never, I, I, I normally just get out of that question. It's, it's quite simple. It's nothing what what was in the news at the time. You know, every magazine, everything, you know, rumors and all this. You know, I just wasn't having fun, and I'm not going to do something for money when I'm not having fun at. It. And that's how I've gotten out of it for twenty years answering it. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it fundamentally, it, it's it's boiled down to just one paragraph and 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 it's still the truth it wasn't fun because it was there was a really bad vibe going on it was very contentious everybody was like it was like a powder keg just waiting to blow up it was just you know one beer and one drink too many and and yeah you know any moment it could you know you know how it how it is
0: oh man i have i have been there i've been there when the extra drink Mm -hmm. has been had and the power keg goes up in your face and it ain't pretty
1: no, it's not. It's not pretty. And and normally when it happens that way, there's no going back later. It's it's born yeah.
0: done. Things get said yeah. and they can't be taken back. People remember them. The exactly. Following, people remember them the following morning, and you can't all just shake hands and say, yeah. "Oh, well, you know, it was the drink talking." No, it wasn't.
1: And and I mean that and that that you know. So it's it's just.
0: You still there? Yeah, I am. Are you getting, your end? you getting messages your end? I don't
1: know. My phone started beeping. I thought it'd hang up. You might was... be in call waiting. That was did, that, this, that was this,
0: I. I did the same thing. I heard a beep and I thought, oh right, you might have gone, and you must have thought I might have gone. So we both just sat here yeah, and yeah. saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, because I've
1: tried. I've tried this. I've, I've. Well, I've never tried phone over WhatsApp. I've, I've tried it over other messaging apps and it worked really horrible because it kept dropping the connection whatnot yeah and and actually the only thing i've ever gone besides messaging over whatsapp is i've I've done video chat with blitz over it
0: (laughs) oh right okay yeah Uh, yeah
1: Yeah, but that's different i I didn't know if that was you know they've probably come a long way since since when they first started having these fucking
0: apps you know oh yeah no i mean it's what whatsapp is um is definitely one of the better ones um without a doubt and well the connections holding up so far that's for sure yeah
1: and and actually i'm I'm surprised because i was like oh man we're gonna be sitting Fucking redialing like every
0: three minutes. <laughs> I do I do a lot of this, and I was really pleased when you gave me a number so we could do WhatsApp because um, it is pretty yeah, it is pretty yeah, reliable. Um, so um, I've got I've got to ask: Is um, are, are we ever going to get any? Because um, are we going to get some any Infectious Thirteen releases, or was it was it just demos? Is there any plans to get that stuff out? Uh, well, it, it boils back down to to what
1: I was. Kind of, we started off talking about my feet and my legs. But what the deal is now is, we got—I don't know—six, seven, eight songs that had about seven or eight songs, maybe that had uh, the drum tracks recorded, and we were starting writing more songs. Uh, the the top air at the time, Steve Pogue and I, we we'd we'd done some some really cool stuff and then the shit with my back surgery happened and and it's kind of really hard to get I mean the only one that still at least on paper is part of Infectious 13 besides myself is Bob Barnag my singer who's right. also a very close friend and and it's really hard to get people wanting to be involved because are you going to play well, no, I really can't play right now but well, but why are we doing it then
0: right yeah well,
1: because we got it, we we got a shitload of stuff sitting in the computer waiting to have bass guitars and vocals done, and you would have if you don't have enough material for a full album at least a solid e p and get something out that we promised well that I promised people like in two thousand fourteen <laughs> right fucking 5 5 years ago and we never did anything. We did two two original songs. That was all we managed. And and shit would so I don't know. I don't know I I, I just uh when about 6 weeks ago Bob Barnett uh messaged me and said, "Hey, I know a guy up 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 here in New York and uh, he really really always wanted me to work with him and guitar player phenomenal kind of uh time bag type of guitar player and actually he's besides his own stuff he does uh, pantera tribute band so you you know he has to be good and he's really wanting to do something you you email him a link to some to one of the songs and just you know tell him hey i'll send you the old guitars all the guitars need to be redone let's see it and uh it just so happened i got Right when that was going on and it seems to be just the way it works with me somehow uh every time something good is about to happen my health takes a big shit no. uh, you know when we were finally starting to find the uh the uh, when, when things were starting to really gel good with writing in 2016 you know when my my back shit happened and and I had diastole nice with the nerve damage to my feet and then uh, so, you know I've had a bunch of heart problems, so and, and just here about six weeks ago I had another heart surgery, and that was just about the time when when Bob was talking to this guy. So it just it's it's really hard to get people excited when all all, all I can say is well we'll 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 try and finish the songs and see if they can be put out, and it's like that's a lot of work for a lot of ifs.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, because yeah, there's, there's yeah. not.
1: Sad, sadly, and, and to a very large extent, I'm the same way. But sadly, it's come to you know, what's in it for me? Well, isn't this about just playing some music? And, and what, what, what are you going to lose doing this? You know, yeah. what I'm saying as opposed to what are you going to gain? Well, you're not going to gain shit. But what are you going to lose? But that's not how we. Really, no, it's a waste of my time. I'd rather focus on something I know. If we get this done, we can go out and do something with. And I, I, I fully get that. But that's the problem at this point is, as far as in finding people who are willing to finish the songs with me and Bob, and and who's who's not willing to just do one song and then say, Nah, dude, this is too much work because you know we're not we're not going to do anything with it after it's done, except for, oh wow, I got my name on a recording. You know, I'm like, well, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. What, what, what recordings are your name on right now <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
1: but but it's 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 really, really hard, and I understand it i understand I understand it from the other side of it's really hard to get psyched up for something and wanting to be to throw your whole dedication into something that really for all intents and purposes is over before you started at this point, so I don't know i don't know bob bob really really i I would love to get it finished for obvious reasons because I look like a schmuck having promised people for years and you know people got excited which really shocked me I just said it I, you know I I, I was going to just do it for me it literally and I, I I made a post about that on you know on, on Facebook after I had the first two heart surgeries and I've been told hey you know this this you're you're not you're not a healthy young man anymore this this you know you you, you got some serious health problems and I was like, okay, you know what? I don't, I, I don't want to remember something I did like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I, I want to I wanna do one last album where I'm in charge. I don't have to compromise for anything. I want it to be done my way. I want it to be a dictatorship to a certain extent because <laughs> I want everybody but, you know, I yeah. want it in the be it's my because I want it to be done. I want the songs to be the way I think songs should be. I want the sounds to be the way I think sounds should be. I, I I want the production to be the way I, I think the production should be. I don't want to have to back down just to keep peace in the room and and, let, and you know you can you in 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 a traditional band setting you can't have your way 100 percent of the time you have to back you have to learn to compromise you have to learn yeah. to trust that other people have opinions and their opinions are valid and I I, I, said, I just want one I want to finish handful of whatever shitload of whatever album for the songs and i want to hold it up this i, I didn't compromise there was no com- if you hate it i don't care to me this is a hundred percent what it should be because yeah. this is how i wanted it to be and that was how it came about and i, and I actually thought i was gonna have a huge backlash but ex- you know i guess a lot of people got excited so sitting here today you know what happened and i'm like well I took, I took a big shit in public, <laughs> you know, even though the extenuating circumstances, essentially that's what I did, you know. It was like, oh, why would anybody believe anything I say from here on out if it comes to music? You know, you promised us in Pictures 13, where is it, two, three cover songs, and we, which which was a desperation thing just to keep people up, you know, not from losing complete interest because it was so quiet, because I, I couldn't come out and say, dude, I can't play anymore, Yeah. You know? And my, my feet are gone. And, and that's a problem for a fucking drama with, with double kicks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ever so slightly, yeah. Um Yeah. I mean we we I, I had
1: I had been working with a friend here like last year on a, a, a inventing something that would I'm not gonna say like Rick Allen, but kinda of, it it would have worked for me with my feet not being hundred percent functioning because they don't you know I, I don't have full control over the, like lifting my foot up once my foot is off the ground, I don't necessarily have full control over it, right, so I was trying to come up with something that would make me play without having to put my foot off the ground when and and that I can do but it it, it again it kind of just you know mm, for what purpose because I'm not playing, there's nobody wanting to to finish this shit with me except for bob and drums and drums and and moltons
0: are really awesome, but <laughs> yeah, Bob you...
1: and I are probably the only ones that's going to think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with that, with, with that, how does that make um, how does that make walking then? Because walking surely is a is a bit of a battle as well. Which is um, with your you know with your condition. What's it like walking?
1: I don't work. I can't work.
0: No walking. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm, no no I, I, walking. It's... Walking as in walking up and down the street.
1: Oh, sorry. I thought you said working. <laughs> uh, it's not working. It's not working well. It's not working well. Walking. <laughs> um, uh, I I walk slower than Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it this way: a drunk Aussie could outwalk me. <laughs> um, I, I walk. I walk with with a cane. Not so much. I, 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 just, I, I walk with a cane for balance because. At any given time, I can try to, t- I mean, when you walk, you just say, hey, you, you, you don't even think about walking, you just do it, right? So when I try to walk next to you, we, we, we're, going, we're having a conversation and your body is just doing what it's, you know, autonomously, it's just going on its own because it knows your brain said you're going to go from A to B. However, I mean, with me, if I don't focus on walking, I fall a lot. Which is kind of embarrassing, but it is what it is. Because I'll go to take a step, and my, my foot might be normal, or it might not lift at all. So now the rest of my body is already in a forward motion, and my foot is still on the ground behind me, <laughs> so to speak. And it can happen with either one of my feet, and it's happened a lot. I've fallen a lot. So when I'm, if I leave my house, I have a cane for balance in case that happens. Just you know, um, just so I don't completely make an ass of myself in public and probably fall down. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a it's a hassle. It's painful because obviously it's it's nerve damage, and the nerve damage is actually not in the legs themselves. It's in the low back. It's in the spine. So, you know, there's not much they can do for nerve damage. All they can do is they can pump you full of morphine to where you're so doled up, you don't, and, you know, the pain is still there. You just don't give a shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so um is that there, there, there's there's no well there's so there's really nothing nothing anyone can do for the for the condition no. you're in is there is there any chance no. that that it will that it will improve over time or is it is it more likely to go the other way
1: it, it's it's more likely that that it'll deteriorate because uh if it was going to improve and that's the thing this does happen after back surgeries you know it, it not just uh, mine, it, it was. It's absolutely. They they warned you. You have to sign a consent at least here in America before this, when you when when you and the doctor agree this is not you know this this we can only try to fix it by surgery. Nothing else is gonna even have a shot at fixing your pain for your low back for a two blown disc pushing into your spinal cord. Yeah. So so you sign consent forms that you understand that it can go wrong in, in, in the sense of the two things that typically go wrong, wrong with this type of surgery is one, you can suffer a tear to the spinal cord lining and start leaking spinal cord fluid because they're working, you know, the doctors are working right up against your spinal cord. Yeah. And if you if you have a tear in your spinal cord, the, the pressure in your head with, you, with your spinal cord fluid, it changes in your brain and it's the most excruciating pain. It, it literally feels like you have a lorry parked on your head because the pressure the pressure it's it's so when your spinal cord lining is intact from your tailbone up to your brain it's finely tuned fluid pressure it's absolutely miraculously how precise it has to be right well all of a sudden you it's like you you get a flat on your car all of a sudden your right front tire is flat and you know it, except for the car doesn't hurt, but you do it's so that's one thing that can go wrong, and the other thing is that you 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 can suffer nerve damage yeah and if you do its it's you you might end up with drop foot it's it's you, you literally in America have to sign consent forms you understand that, and you're still going ahead with the surgery, knowing all this and and you know doctors will tell you 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 know it's one in a million it happens
0: it's def- def- it's definitely the same it's definitely the same in the UK because a friend of mine has just is had it- just had a back operation had to sign the form something went wrong he's had to go back and they've done another operation um and yes. it and it looks like it looks like its work He's he, it's worked he's like 8 weeks out from from since surgery and um and and it's looking like this time but the but the first you know the first operation fixed the problem but caused another one Um, yeah that's the thing yeah it's that knock-on effect it is and 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 and
1: and, you know uh it's it's like you know one problem have disclaimers about a thousand other problems that could be associated with fixing the first problem yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah
1: you know i mean and 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 i mean people like you know being that this I mean, Mary, why don't you sue the doctor? It's like, why? Why? What can I sue him for? Well, you know, you you can't walk anymore. Like, that's not his fault. He was not. If he was negligent, yes. If yeah. he did something that was so out of the norm, yes, you can sue for damage. But there was no negligence. He 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 was completely heartbroken, and you know, with this 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 just happened. It, it's 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 hard to tell people, especially here, It's hard. Dude, it just happened. It's, it's something I got to live with. He's got to live with it. Yes. You know, it's it's just it's happened, and and it's, I'm not the first patient it's happened to, but it happens. It's 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 a chance you take. It's you you get to the point where you say, is the state I'm in now acceptable, or are you willing to do pretty much anything to try and make it better? And when you get to that point, you try to make it better, you know. And 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 in my case, it you know I got. Not just one, I got both of the two things that could go wrong, went wrong. <laughs> the third yeah. the third thing is, I, I didn't die on the anesthesia, which is the third thing that can go wrong. <laughs> so I guess batting two out of three, you know, I'm still ahead of the game. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, let's, let's look on the bright side here. You're not dead.
1: <laughs> no, not yet. I mean, there's other health problems that's trying to get me that way, but at least it was not my orthopedic doctor's fault.
0: <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. Well, look, Sid... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start wrapping up, but I um I know I went on your Twitter and I noticed that you haven't been on Twitter since 2017. Um, but I am I am gonna be encouraging all of the listeners and everybody listening to this to um to to start to start tweeting you and saying hi and spreading the word. Um, so you know maybe maybe log on to Twitter if, if you can remember the password or <laughs> and you know to which one facebook twitter
1: or oh, twitter oh no i don't do it yeah somebody else told me that hey you don't have, are you on twitter no well i found an account that has your name and picture or something i'm like oh wait a minute yeah i think i used to
0: <laughs> yeah you were, you were you the last time you tweeted was may 2017.
1: wow yeah yeah I, fa- I kind of pretty I pre- I, I, i'll be honest i pretty much turned my back on all i have a facebook page obviously and and Associated with a personal private Facebook page, I also have a you know of course we have the Infamous Thirteen page, but uh, I have deleted everything else that social media. Just I I just had enough. It's it's yeah. it's it's just uh, the rules the rules for like especially Facebook over here in America are very different from what you all have to deal with because it's it's over here it's pretty much a free for all, whereas in Europe you know they they're really strict regulations for how it works and all this. Idea. So to me, in America, it's, it's nothing but a fucking, it's, it's a social experiment in, in, in mind control, so to speak. How, <laughs> how can you convert, a, how can you convert a, whole, a whole worldwide population into doing what you want them to do, and essentially? And I know that's a conspiracy type theory thing, but it's, to me, it's pretty obvious. And I'm just like, no, I can't deal with this shit.
0: Well, a friend of so, mine. Uh, but yeah, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see if I
1: can revive my... I'm sure if I try to log on there. Well, no, because I don't have my old <laughs> email address I had in seventeen.
0: There you go. You so see, so I can You know, because normally,
1: if you if you if you lose your, your if you lose your your uh, password, uh, you can always like you know click and they'll send you a temporary yeah. one. If, if but they would send that to an email that don't exist anymore. Oh man,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that. That sucks. Well, look. Um, I mean, uh, a friend of mine, funny enough what you're saying about Facebook, a friend of mine, uh, a fellow stand-up comedian uh, has got his great bit, and he said, do you you think if the government invented something that said, we want you to tell us where you are at all times, tell us how you're feeling, tell us who you're friends with, tell us what you're eating, and take pictures of what you're eating and where you are, and give us all of that information, there's no way we'd do it. Instead, we just volunteer it over Facebook.
1: It's exactly, and, and it's 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 like, you know, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very open about my health, and I was on Facebook, I'm very, very honest about my health problems, anything from lung tumors to my back, to my heart problems, my, my kidney issues, and all this that. yeah, I mean, as, as you can tell, I'm like a billion dollar, I'm put together by fucking sheep parts, but, um. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I was very, I I was really honest, open, I would, this is what's going, anytime something new happened, I would post and just say, hey, this is what's going on, because there were, like, I tried to keep it secret, the very first thing was, was that I I had pneumonia, I couldn't get over, they did some scans, and they say, "Um, you need to go and see a, a pulmonary specialist, because you've got two tumors in your fucking right lung, like, oh, well, that's probably not good. So I tried to keep that. I, I tried to really keep that on the low and not say anything. But obviously, even if it's just your immediate friends, close friends know about it, somebody says something. And all of a sudden, you get you, getting this rumor back that's about you. And, and, you know, you just have your lungs removed. You have no lungs. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I haven't even seen this. I haven't even seen the fucking specialist yet.
2: Yeah. So I figured,
1: was... OK, I'll, 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 I'll put it out there. This is what's wrong. If you hear something else it's bullshit because i don't want these rumors to start there's no point there's there's no drama these are facts it is what it is i can't change the situation so the least i can do is say okay this is what's wrong if you if somebody tells you it's much worse or or, or whatever it's not it's this is what it is okay yeah. you you're hearing it from me i'm the fucking guy and you know it's happening to. but o- over time i i guess some people think and, and and i can you see it a lot on facebook so there's no reason you can exclude yourself. or I can exclude myself. for it's a lot of people post shit that's negative, hoping to get attention. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh, oh so, yeah. You know, yeah. And and I'm and that's you know I had a couple of people message me and and you know and and I was, I was like, man, no, this is not it. I, I really, I, I'm a typical, I'm a typical fucking male. I will not go to the fucking doctor. But, but your right leg is laying on the ground. I don't care. I'll be okay. I will not go to the fucking doctor. Right? I mean, that's, that's 90% of the men are like that. And that's what I've been all my life. And I'm, I've missed so many symptoms looking back, knowing what I know now. I, I know how many times I should have gone when something was wrong and I just said, fuck it. I don't want to deal with it. Right. You know. So I was like, dude, if something's wrong, fucking go. Do your copay and find out if it's something real. Because ninety-nine percent of, of most health issues can be fixed if you fucking discover it, early
0: Well, I think that's. So, a, I think that's a in really. In the end, I just. That's a, that's a really good positive message to take away from 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 all of this, especially, you know, for anybody listening. Which is that's that is great advice. Which is you know, look, if there's something, I, I get didn't it checked do it. Out. I
1: didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. I mean, you know. We have horrible fucking healthcare in America. Yeah. And I, even even saying that, I still had access to doctors because I was one of the lucky ones that, you know... But even if you don't... If if you think there's something wrong, you know your body. Don't fucking blow it off. The minute you start actually thinking, you know, you, you've already blown it off for a week or two until you realize, no, wait a minute, this could be a problem because it's here every day. Yeah. Don't fucking find out what it is because if not you might end up not having a choice about what can be done about it. There might not be done about it, but at the time you decide it's so bad, somebody else fucking forced you to go, go, you just get a fucking check. Because again, 90% 99% of diseases probably can be fixed if they're discovered early. Yeah. You get it. You, you, and, and that's really was my hope. And this is it. Some people misunderstood it. I understand why. So, but I just said no, no, stop. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go back to be just really fucking private because it's just me, my dogs, my house, my fucking mix room, and that's it.
0: That's cool, man. That's cool. Well, look, good luck with, um, good luck with the, uh, the project you're working on at the moment. Um, fingers crossed think, we get to um, see, we get to hear Infectious Thirteen in the end. And I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to, um, I'm going to email you a link to, um, to our new album, which is not out yet, but, um. I'm gonna email you a link and um and and give it a listen and' cause, you know we're uh, we're of the same era, so hopefully um you'll appreciate that um you know we're 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 doing things right yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely this is, uh, what is it back back to the future
0: <laughs> yeah kind of it feels like that man, yeah, after yeah. twenty nine years but um
1: yeah but but little literally, literally it it's it, it, i i understand what you're saying, and I agree hundred percent because we just thought different back you know we're, we're a generation that thought and heard music different because we were there before it was even fucking a genre you know what i'm saying it, absolutely when, when you when, when you and i started playing there was nothing called fresh metal there was fucking rock and hard rock that was it
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, well so, exactly and the, the thing is as well is it, it's um it's kind of become a sort of source of joking in the band it's like you know I'm so old I'm so old I can I, I can remember when there was you know when there was just two genres instead of like the fucking hundreds there is now. Yeah. What the fuck is shoe metal? What? <laughs> oh what, you know, what is what, There's naturecore. Um, naturecore where bands sing about fucking trees and mother earth and shit. So <laughs> uh, I guess that's that's
1: that's the new form of tree hugger. Yeah, absolutely. It's tree hug, tree hugging metal. <laughs> Holy shit! You, you you gotta just shake your head at all this shit, don't you? I mean, it's 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 so sad, it's funny, but you kind of just you. It's, it's like one of those, you know, if if the world had a fucking doorbell, you would ring and it would stop, so you could get off. You you just want to do it because it's getting so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like I'm changing bus, man. Stop stop this earth! I'm getting off.
0: You know. absolutely well look man it's been an absolute pleasure sid thank you so much for your Likewise. time really enjoyed thank it you, man brother. we'll do this again sometime
1: yeah and i'll uh send me a link whenever you can and uh once once uh outlaw Devils say i i i'm allowed to distribute or uh, let other people hear their they're single i'll i'll shoot you let you hear. as i said it's not fresh metal middle. it's, it's just good old you know,
0: hard rock. Uh, that's cool, borderline. man. That's cool. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email it to you now. All right, thanks, brother. Cool, Sid. Take care, Take care, man. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See what I mean? How cool is Sid? What a what a really really lovely guy, um. I really enjoyed that, and and as I said, he's he is back up and running on Twitter. So make sure you give him a follow, Sid Falk, S I D F A L C K. Um, what a story he's got to tell! What a great guy, and um, you know you got to you got to hope that um that he gets that he gets those tunes out eventually. Um. I, you know, well, I, I, I really hope he does pull it off. Um, that should be cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, Yeah, be careful if you go and see Iron Maiden. Yannick Gers might throw his guitar at you. Um, the most hilarious member of Iron Maiden throwing his guitar around. He swings it around, swings it around. Fucking lost hold of it, didn't he? And it went straight in the crowd. That has twatted somebody at a fair old rate of knots. Um, a certain somebody who was on this podcast did say some things about him um, that were none too complimentary, um, but unfortunately they were edited out of the, uh, of the final interview at the interviewee's request. Um, so if you, uh, if you ever bump into me, feel free to ask me who that was, and I shall tell you, because that's the way it fucking works, isn't it? Yeah, you ask me off the record, I tell you off the record. What else has been going on? Stained Remember them? Just played their first live show in five years And you've got to wonder haven't you Does anyone give a shit? Stained Just like I don't know They're just one of those bands that have just sort of I don't know They just don't seem to translate over here Um, Just Yeah naff basically No Just No Especially with old Cunt face singer being a bit of a fucking Country singing redneck Donald Trump supporting twat um, that's quite a it's quite a collection of NAF personality traits really there isn't it um, David David Lee Roth is doing a Vegas run I mean is there anything more obvious than that Dave Lee Roth doing Vegas it's just I mean it'll be a fucking car crash I, I would imagine but um, you know it's there's just something there's something about seeing Diamond Dave at Vegas that I'd just love to go um, even if it is the the, the You know, suggested car crash that I think it's going to be It'd still be It'd still have a certain class to it There's just, you know, Diamond Dave And Las Vegas, just the name, it's perfect, isn't it? Um And and yeah, we're all getting old, aren't we? Graham Bonnet's uh, Undergoing spinal surgery Biff from Saxon is recovering from a Triple heart bypass Um, And yet there's nothing wrong With um, Rob Flynn of Machine Head (laughs) Um no, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, um, I give my, you know, sending positive vibes to, to Graham Bonnet and um, and Biff Byford um, because that's, that's what happens, isn't it? You know, you get older. I'm, I mean, talk about getting older. I'm going to be 50 next year. Whoa, that's going to be interesting. Um, it's not. It's just a number. Fuck it. And, of course, um, poor old um, Richard Brunel, of um former morbid angel guitarist. He de- dead at fifty five. This is like, this is like all of a sudden. Um it's, it's like sort of obituary section of, of the of the cast. I haven't done one of these before. Um it's um it's a little bit worrying. Um but on Brighter News um uh when I had Phil Demmel on last month and he said it was you know wasn't a project he was doing it was just you know playing tunes with some buds um, well, it's going to be called Made in America um, and it's Portnoy, Blitz, uh, Phil Demmel um, and, um, and you know, something's coming soon. That should be really interesting, actually, because that is a, a really, really kind of odd um, mixture. But um, uh, moving on, going back to releases since um, the last podcast, um, we have um, Exorder. That's right. mourn uh, Mourn the Southern Skies has, um, uh, has come out, has come out, and, um, well, what do we all think? Um, yeah, uh, there's just something not grabbing me about it, there's something not grabbing me about it, and funnily enough, I was listening to, um, uh, oh, what was it, um, the Different Times podcast, I was listening to that, and, um, um, they used a phrase on there, which was um, Pantera without the songs, without the tunes, if you will. And I, I, I kind of felt, it, you know, and it's horrible to be comparing them to Pantera and all the rest of it, but I don't know, I didn't get into an Exord the first time around. I've really tried second time, but um, I've, I've failed again, I'm afraid. I'm, it's just not, it's not really doing anything for me. I got to be honest. So, um, and with that mention of the different times podcast, it makes perfect sense to now go into a section, um, the the second interview uh, of the podcast, which is is kind of me being interviewed by um, none other than um, Paul Podcast himself, or Paul Waller of um, of band Oms, who has been a guest on the show. Um, we played Uprising Fest together and um got to chat with barney from napalm and he's he's going to come on the show at some point um we were going to do it a couple of days ago but he wasn't able to um he's now on tour so it'll be a little while yet um and i got to hang out in the chair in the uh, in the dressing room after the show with paul and talk about uh talk about all sorts really and i, I you know i wanted it to be us interviewing each other it ends up him sort of interviewing more me but we we talk about you know music in general and i just think it's a it's it's a cool chat it's not so much it's not so much of an interview with me and so I'm, I'm i'm apologizing for that cuz you get enough of me it's all me now and now there's going to be a fucking interview but um uh there's all sorts going on there's people coming in and out um i think paul uh, paul and mark of acid rain make an appearance no, a, a lady makes an appearance who is who's um refilling uh, refilling her, uh, her 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 Coke bottle with vodka there's all sorts of bits and pieces going on it's, it's quite old school it's a while since I've done one of these um, there used to be a lot of these early uh, you know in, in the earlier podcasts where I was actually getting to meet people and that just seems to be um, seems to be a while since I've kind of done it in a, in a in a dressing room you know in a venue I think the last one would have been would have been Blitz actually so um So here it is. Strangely enough, this is myself and uh, Paul Waller, Paul podcast of the Different Times podcast. This is going to be this is basically going to be a a bit of cross pollination. They're going to use this interview as well. So but it will be for a special. Don't worry. You are going to get all of the podcast love that you like from Different Times, which is a great podcast, by the way. Do subscribe to it. Do check it out. Here is myself and Paul in a dressing room in Leicester O2 after having both played Leicester Uprising. Um, I'm, I'm actually recording, mate. Are oh, you? Yeah. I am, yeah. Am there I be coming do.
2: through loud and clear?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, say, you sound like you're doing a... You sound like you're one a, a two, pilot. Yeah, you sound like you're a pilot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll be nice. uh, We'll be cruising. At, uh... <laughs> 20,000. I don't care what the fuck you do, mate. Fly the plane. I don't give a shit. We're going to be going over. Don't, don't, That's right.
2: My missus said that that is what I should be doing as a, a late night DJ because I've got that voice. Uh, here we go. Same time. Oh, oh, it, oh.
0: Oh, oh, I've, oh, mine's gone everywhere as well. Bastard. <laughs> oh.
2: oh. But I've got, you know, that film The Fog? Like, I feel like I should be like that woman that does, like, and, and it's rolling in, you know, be careful.
0: You know, don't, don't die. I've just I'm, got that voice I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a The Mist man as opposed to The Fog oh mate The Mist the so mist. much better oh what a film <laughs> what a f- that should... ending are you, are you a film ending? podcast yeah it's not really got started Ah, uh, my... it's just that I've, I've got I, I, I know one of the editors on Peaky Blinders and, uh, and it's finally out and I've been and I wanted to get him um, and he's just gone on to another project and I want I want him to be the, and, and it's not going to be a regular thing they're just going to be like you know Odd ones here and there, but um, but I do still want to do it.
2: Really hope you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like there, there's so many out there, but there's there's um.
0: But no one's going to slag things off like I do. Exactly, <laughs> that's it.
2: There's no one that because everyone's so into it for the like I could potentially get a sponsorship and, and things. And I know it's important. I know like to yeah. get, to go on that you've got to get something. Yeah, but. I just like you always mention. Like, what's his fucking face that advertises condoms and shit? Like, and in his podcast, oh
0: Jamie Jaster, yeah. Like, I can't listen to it because of that. It was he it, it was Blue it Bluetooth. If you want to get hard, I was like Jamie, listen to yourself, mate. Listen to yourself. Maybe some sponsorships should be turned down. You know. And, he's, and I love the way he's, he's going he goes on and on about how he's like he's trying not to eat meat and he's, and he's like he's going vegan and he's trying to be really healthy and then he goes on about how great monster energy drinks are and it's like mate they are fucking kill you
2: well that's it how, how important is his uh, is his revenue I found out like there's this um, this guy that does YouTube stuff called Anthony Fantando uh, and he's like the internet's busiest music nerd so he does stuff Ranging from like rap, hip hop, to to punk and hardcore, to to noise, whatever. So he does it like a whole gambit of stuff, and he makes seven hundred quid a day, seven hundred dollars a day, on wow. his channel. I just I can't even fathom.
0: Well, i I'll tell say what I, I've got a very, very recent, very close experience about this. Right, um, one of my friends' kids, um, he's he's just left school. He's eighteen. Right, and he's making he's making about six grand a month on YouTube, right? On YouTube, and the, but, but it's brilliant what they do. Basically, they know gamers, right? Listen to not music because you can get too grooved out when they're gaming. So they listen. That what they want is they want audio. They want people speaking, but not podcasts because podcasts are for old people, right? So what they do is they they pick the best the top stories from Reddit and his mate has got a like a, a, a kind of English really nice English accent with slight Yorkshire twang, right? He reads the entire Reddit story. They they just put some stock like stock images, make a video, put it up, and they go fucking mad they could just get like hundreds of thousands of views straight out the gate and and it's purely aimed at gamers who just want to listen to and the story being because it... because and also it's really popular in the States because of the English accent and I just I just think maybe this world's not for me anymore <laughs> No, it, it isn't.
2: My isn't I've got an, uh, a, a friend who's got an autistic kid and he's well into the 20th Century Fox theme tune and I dent before a film comes on Yeah so he uploads them of course they're copyrighted fuck, but he gets millions upon millions of views um, of these I'm just going to put this one up but I'm going to speed it up and put a pink filter on it millions of views each one millions and he's had several cease and desist sort of things yeah. but he's not active to take money or whatever so he just takes down what he gets takes down puts up his channel is just full of these things autistic kid just loves it and that's, that's his thing like, what the people doing? Like, I remember like you you would buy a record and cherish the record and maybe listen to that fifty times. Millions of plays of the
0: ident of twentieth century fox. The, the the biggest thing for me, the way to describe like how, how the you know change to to old men discuss changes old in men. the world. Um, The biggest thing for me is um, miming in your bedroom, singing into a hairbrush. To your favourite song. Like, yep. right? absolutely mortified if like y- your your sister walks in or you know your parents catch you, right? Oh no no, film it, put it on fucking YouTube. Right? I mean, when did that happen? When 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 did that happen?
2: It happens you know? a lot. That the best one that I've seen is the, oh, yeah. the... Hello. Hi RG
0: Bess. <laughs>
2: Oh. Is this, um, this fella that is well buffed, looks like the... Uh... Am I ruining your interview? I,
0: have you got... Have you... I'm, this is an order for Cookie as well as me. Oh, right, OK. Where are they? Oh, they're right, right there. there. Am I ruining your interview? No, not at all. Hi, I'm Paul of Acid Rain fame. <laughs> 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 that
2: Already it's twice as good <laughs>
0: as what it is.
2: Oh, what?
0: Vodka oh, comes wow, out. Look at that. Unbelievable. Traveling in style. Go, oh well, girl.
2: someone's hidden it.
0: You so, go, girl. So
2: uh, I found uh, it. By
0: the By the way, listeners, just to just to let you know, there's <laughs> a massive bottle of vodka just appears in the dressing room. If this interview goes far, rapidly downhill, um, you'll you'll find out why. Oh, this is quality. She's now pouring. Sorry, the person in the dressing room who won't be named is now pouring vodka into a water bottle, <laughs> right? And is now going to top it up with tonic no only tonic fever tree tonic don't worry I'll put an effect on your voice and then (laughs) you know who you are fever tree tonic (laughs) fever tree tonic Um, (laughs) fever tree don't try any other tonic do you remember the day funnily enough this is exactly what we were just talking about right you could go into a pub and say have a gin and tonic please and the barman would fuck off and come back with a gin and tonic now 20 questions (laughs) what kind of tonic do you want a fucking tonic dickhead what kind of gin do you want? What? what do you want? Red gin? Do you want blue gin? Do you want blueberry gin? Do you want rhubarb gin? Do you want the gin that's out the back? Do you want the gin that's ah oh, eh?
2: Cold gin.
0: Can oh, you? you've done it. <laughs> oh, and and, 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 and Can you open off. bottles. Um, I can't. I'm afraid Have it's not one of live my live services. It's no. not my, one of my services as a podcast host. <laughs> I um. um I don't. I, I genuinely don't think. Goodnight. So you don't do that. To with the lighter. I, I Do you know what friends of mine do? Mm. And I, and I'm envious of them. And every time I say, "Show me how you do that," they go, "It's easy. You just do that." And I go, "You've not really shown me how to do that. You've just said it's easy and then not okay, shown no, me how to do, you do it." You want some of the vodka before, I put it down? Oh, can, could I have a little bit of uh, have a little bit of vodka? You
2: want, do right? you want it in the tonic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the no. Oh yeah, bottle? yeah, the tonic
1: bottle. You yeah, have to find a way of opening
0: it. Yeah. Oh right! Okay. Oh, I see. I uh, See, that's the problem. Yeah, I, I, was I was going to do vodka. I was going to do vodka coke myself, but oh, no. Have I'm
1: you got a, coke? No, I'm
0: vodka. looking round. Oh, hang on. Oh, it's coke. oh hello. Oh, hello. Lord. Coke. But alternatively, dare you? Oh, do not. It's Red Bull, folks. It's Red Bull. Um, yeah, I'll I'll have some vodka coke if there's, a, if there's any going. Or was that just if I opened your, your no 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 it's fine your tonic you do, bottle? You can do vodka. That's, that's fair enough. This is a, this is a weird podcast.
2: This it? is good. This is this, this is, is what they want to hear. This is what goes <laughs> on in the dressing room. I'm, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna. By the way, around. who are you? I'm I'm um, Jeanette. Hello, Jeanette. I've got I'm the friend of Frank from nice the Hormorium. Hormorium. Oh, well, I've known Frank for thirty years. Ah. I remember him in sacrilege. Um, right. Yeah, back in the day we played together. Oh, yeah, we were on the same that label. That... Yeah, yeah. Oh
2: you played with him in sacrilege?
0: No, no, I didn't play with I'm him. Not no but, but, we, but we yeah, are we on oh, the gosh, same label. It was a label. very long, long time ago. Right? You, you have aged well then. Thank you very much, madam. Thank <laughs> you. Do you know what the secret? <laughs> no wife, no, no <shows> kids. You, no that is. yeah, no strength. But brackets being selfish. Um, <laughs> Looking at number uh, Wow my, my vodka my vodka coke is being put together expertly. Here. That's that'll do. That's fine, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Wow,
2: that was a treble as well. Was it really? Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> you, you might have to drink this with <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> so I want to ask you some questions, if I may.
0: Well, yes, but before I want to before, ask you, oh, right, okay. I want to ask you how was your show? Because I missed it. I apologise. I was I was showering. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I was That's showering. What happens when you're in acid rain? You yeah. get a shower. But I was I was showering and being told that apparently I got a red card uh, on stage. I had a yellow card and a red card. I'd say the system's broken if I find out about it ten minutes after I get off stage. You know what I mean?
2: I, I watched you run around and, um, and I thought, you see goodbye to the audience, right? That's my cue. I can leave. So I was side stage yeah. wanker watching you and I thought, right, I'm going to leave. Great, I can get back, do my sound check and just go straight on. And then all of a sudden like they're going, Oh, did you see what H did? Did you see what H did? Yeah, I was just fucking there. What? Fucking hell. <laughs> Stop it.
0: <laughs> well look, answer my question first, how was right. your show?
2: It was good, it was good. I talked about you on stage. <laughs> and uh I, I had I had they like said like we got a two minute break while we do some tuning shit, is that alright? I was like, Yeah. And I just was talking about listening to Moschkenstein in my bedroom. And how <laughs> uh, awesome. uh, you shoved the microphone in my mouth when you were on stage. For Goddess, and you just did goddess. not know what to do. So I uh, instead you just of Goddess, I was so happy. And I, I went bottom. Instead of Goddess, I said bottom. That was my one fucking moment.
0: I'm sure there'll be another. I went bottom.
2: That words at all.
0: Yes, but, I, yes, but I, I I feel like I know you way better than I should, and I and I know that even if you'd said goddess, you'd have found some way of pronouncing it that would have not made any sense
2: anyway. I had to hold every part of me back not to jump on the stage and just jump around with you. See, <laughs> so as soon as you were doing the fucking moshing dance, mate, that was it. I was just like, I felt like it was... Like a dream come true. Oh,
0: stop. I it. am
2: not kidding you, mate. I've not I've not seen seen it before and it was just like Oh you so you've
0: never you never, never seen it never rain back before Back in the
2: day, not in the reunion shows. Wow. And it's just like my first time and knowing that we were on before you we had to sound check in the middle of it. it was so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Like I just like I, they did. I said, "Yeah, is it good? Good, good. Thumbs up, thumbs up." And I just ran and, and got side stage. Oh, thank came. you, man. So yeah, it was. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Was brilliant. So that's what I told the crowd about, and that's then we brilliant. just played music. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. brilliant. Yeah, it was all right. It was good. Nice, busy crowd, which is all, all you could want for. That's
0: that's the thing in it.
2: Yeah, that's I, the one I had a great time. Yeah, I didn't expect to have such a good time, and I. Like, Walking around and having Barney just like saying so, "Excuse me" as he as he goes past and stuff. I know. It's a weird little.
0: Well, like, so I, 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 on like I said. I, I mean, I just I spent. Um, I, yeah, I spent about fifteen twenty minutes. We just. I was like Barney. He's like, yeah. I said, I can't believe we've never met before. How was massive rain? And he was like, oh hello. Right. I said, yeah. We've got. We've got some. Uh, we've got some friends in common, haven't we? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I said, I said,
2: you t- must have played with Napalm Death. No. No.
0: A, a, a big divide back in the day. Um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: It was all the same were, to us.
0: Well, maybe, maybe, but um, but no, so, and, and, and I was like, we've got friends in common, and which is, and I was like, Stilly, who's a mate of mine, who, Kev, he used to be in Acid Rain. Stilly is Kev's younger brother, and he was around my house a couple of weeks ago. He lives in Germany, he works for, like, Stereophonics, Billy Talent, and all these, and whenever he's over, he saves a And, uh, and he, was, he goes, oh, say hello to Barney for me. I was like, "Yeah, I will." So I did, and Barney was like, "Yeah, still, he haven't seen him for years." We ended up having like just this twenty-minute chat, like all ranging, all started talking about. He started talking about playing, playing in the states with Slayer on the on their final oh, tour. And I was Jesus. like, "Yeah, I know." I was just like, "Wow, this is this is really happening." And um, so I said to him, "Look, you know, I mentioned that I got a podcast. I was, Can I could I get you on?" He goes, "Yeah, no problem." He, and I said, "When's good for you?" And he goes, "Well, the problem is, I've got you know, I've got back-to-back tours." So I was like, right, okay. And he goes, he goes yeah, I'm only, I'm only home for one day. We, we get back from Russia, and then I'm off to the States. I'm only home for one day. And I was like, all right, never mind. And he goes, no, 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 how about that day? And I just thought, how class is that? Uh, Do you know what I mean? They're,
2: they're, they're, I don't know, they're, they're a special band. It's like a speci- yeah. special... One off, you know, they, well, they don't make them.
0: This is how special they are. I saw them in the Nottingham garage with um, Holy Terror and DRI, and I met John Peel in the crowd. And uh, I met John Peel, what a lovely bloke. I was wearing a Descendants shirt, showed him a shirt, I said, That's thanks to you. And he was like, Oh, what a great man we We're having a chat. This kid comes up and goes, Can I borrow 50p for some chips? <laughs> and John Peel just looked at him and goes, Here's a quid, fuck off. <laughs> and he out, was just such man. a lovely guy, such a cool guy. It was awesome. We, uh, but anyway, I,
2: you know. I'm, no, 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 no. All day. I'm jabbering all fucking day. There was um, like, I'll, I'll put this into perspective, right? I, I was with a mate, and we, well, I, I said when I uh, appeared on your podcast, like we bought a selection of records, uh, yours amongst it. Voivod amongst it, awesome. and um, and we would just like play them day in, day out, and we'd have like Mega Metal Karang, and we'd read All About You, and it was just something that you would never ever picture, like that I'm here sitting with you, sort of thing. Like, it's, stop it. No, it, it's honestly, it's like my Bon Jovi moment. Oh fuck! Off. <laughs> fuck off. But. I saw him the
0: other day. I mean, you, but what you don't get is when I came and gave you a hug when I saw you at Barrier. Yeah. I was just as pleased to see you as you were to see me. I'm sure. But that, that is exactly it, man. There's a, there's
2: no barrier, and that's what yeah. it was with like um like the tape trading thing
0: back back in that day. Like, oh, fuck, so many bands. Uh, like I, I traded um, I traded the Alison Hell demo with Jeff Waters in, in the original demo that he recorded in his uh, in his in his. Um, uh, he recorded the vocals in his in his bedroom cupboard. What did you give him for that? Hey, is this an interview? Uh, yeah, yeah, this is Paul from Arms, oh. Mark from Acid Rain. I'm not
2: an important interview. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. is that all um, the beer got? Um, cookie took some. Oh, he's probably took the fucking cans of it. No, does that? No, that's kind of. That's kind that's of. It. That's it. Yeah
2: and All the beer's gone.
0: That's it, yeah. The beer's gone, the fun's gone, that's the end of it. The vodka came out, it's gone. <laughs> yeah.
2: True, true story. True story. So you give, um, you give, uh, you receive, like, yeah. what Alison Hell demo. Oh, demos? yeah, sorry. Um,
0: yeah, no, um, yeah, so I traded the Alison Hell, the original Alison Hell demo, which where Jeff Waters does everything, recorded the vocals in his bedroom, um, in, a, in, a, in a cupboard. And. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I sent him the Woskenstein demo. And then, the weirdest of all, I got... Before it was released, before anyone knew anything about it, I got, it, I got, a, I got a vinyl through the post. And I was like, what the fuck's this? And I opened it up, and it's the first MOD album. MOD for USA. And there's a note in there from Metal, uh, uh, Metal Maria Ferrero at uh, Megaforce. She still works there. And um, there was a note in there saying, Hi, um, hi Howard. This is from Scott from Anthrax. He'd like to trade this for a copy of your Moschkenstein demo. So
2: and I... Which
0: I, I, I'll tell you what I did. I sent, this, I sent the demo straight off, and then I just went to school holding it like a... Now I went to school holding the vinyl like it was the World Cup, just walking around like that, do you know what I mean? Like, fucking check this shit out. Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. So Couldn't what year it. are we talking about there? Well, the demo was only just out, so that would have been uh, eighty-seven. Because the album, you know, we, then we put we put Moshkinstein, the mini album out, in 88. So you, at the
2: same time, right, so this is what I know about your career. There's two... Qu- I'm, fuck this interview, I'm asking you two questions, right? I want it elaborated because you've always skirted round and maybe you can't talk about it, maybe you'll have to actually do a. a I will with you, darling. On, on the podcast <laughs> for once. Uh, no chance, too in? fucking lazy. So, right, the... You turned down noise, right? Yeah. Noise was, for me as a kid, not knowing any of their politics or anything like that, noise was the number one thing for me. Like, I had a right. poster on my wall with the noise logo. Right, OK. Simple as that. I was just like, noise is it. What year would it have been? It would have been... 87. 87. Right,
0: OK. Um, well, long story short, and I, I mean, you know, it, it's... If I have skirted over it, not for any reason. And funnily enough, I've been trying to get Carl, um, Carl Utter back on the podcast. We traded emails, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll come on." Just after I had um, David Gielkion, who wrote the mm. um, who wrote the the history of noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that is I, a
2: hard book to get through. It, it, I love it, it, it and I've got it, and it's a time that I just cherish. But mm. it was a hard read.
0: Yeah, I've 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 picked and choose. Picks and shows and chapters. He's right, yeah, yeah. uh, like, oh, do I want do I want to read like fifty pages on Running Wild? <laughs> I don't want to read half a page on Running Wild. Um, the, but you know, the the the, the, um, the creators of Pirate Metal, yeah, fuck off. Uh, um, yeah, Cheers, guys. Yeah, yeah, that would be why I don't want to read it. Um, you know, but, um but so, yeah, so. Um, I got a phone call at home, uh, uh, well, you know, living at home in my parents' house. I got this phone call, and it's like, hi, you know, it's Carl from Noise, and I was like, you know, racist accent, um, hi, it's Carl from Noise. Viv um, was like to sign you. Um, he's like, you know, we like on the
2: telephone. You pick yeah. it up. You didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. no warning. Yeah, and brilliant. Just to pick it up. Absolutely brilliant.
0: I, I can't remember if I answered the phone on my mum phone. I think it was me, and it was like, yeah, um, Carl from Noise Records. Oh, hello, Carl. Yeah, and he was like, hey, yeah, you know. Really like your demo. Would like to sign the band. I was like, yeah, we're well, we were we were about we were about three months down the line in music relations at that point. Um, oh, okay. And 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 not only that, but the weird thing is, this is weird. Even as a seventeen-year-old, I knew Noise were fucking bands over. I don't know how I knew, but I knew. And um, and also, you might have had a poster, Noise logo, and all the rest of it. We're about to sign to. Um, we're about to sign to Music for Nations literally we walk in we walk in the front door Metallica leave out the back door after Master of Puppets we're about to sign to the label that has Metallica Death you know I mean those two bands alone you're like and Death weren't even Death at that point you know we had no idea what was on the fucking horizon but um, they had everybody MFN had everybody You know, we were label mates. I mean, look at the people we toured with. We were label mates with all these bands. You know, Exodus, Nuclear Assault, Dark Angel, Candlemass, Played with them all. You know, toured with them all. And because we were all on the same label.
2: Were you, I mean, Ring about it? Did did you take it really seriously? Or did you say there and then on the phone? What, MFM? No, 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 with noise. Oh, noise? Yeah. Uh, No, I just
0: said said, we're, we're three months down the road with Music for Nations. But also, to be honest... There was my other feeling, again, as a cocky 17 year old, my other feeling was like, uh, well, where the fuck have you been? You know, you need to sort your admin out, mate. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
0: it's like, it's like, yeah, Music Generations rang us three months ago and said, we want to sign you and acted on it straight away. You know, we, we'd met with them. We'd, you know, contracts were already exchanged. Our solicitor was already, already working on it. You want
2: someone passionate, like, and believes in you. Yeah. Like, that's so, all so, you know, so, so really somebody takes. comes
0: along. Somebody comes along three months after one of the biggest labels in thrash mm. was to sign you. I mean, you just, I just, I so I, just, I, just, I, let him down gently. You know, I let him down gently, and he was like, and he, he, was, he was really cool about it. He was just like, oh, okay, never mind. You know, well, you know, I'm doing now. Oh,
2: do you oh, think do you think uh, do you ever think
0: about what if? Well, what if we tried to know yeah, what, got what ripped you the done fuck it? off?
2: Well right, like, how much fucking money did you, did you make off uh, music for Nations though? you know?
0: To be honest, fair point. Um, to be honest, I think um, I don't think it'd have been any different except knowing how noise was structuring deals back then. Um, we we you know, it's never about money, is it? But I mean we probably we'd we probably made more money. You know, on MFN than we would have done a Noise because um, just like I said, you know, the way they structured contracts and it was, it was basically it was all it was all the band's risk and it was all the label's reward. You know,
2: and I guess you wouldn't swap any of those tours that you did, any of that that, that stuff. Like I remember, like reading uh, like a shit review. Of uh, one of your records, Oh yeah, plenty of them, yeah, and I fucking loved it. I just cut it out and I put it in my little thrash scrapbook, and I was like, fucking English thrash, and I was like, it's so excited, like there's another. What? Band. And
0: so, and it was a bad review. Yeah, bad. I didn't fucking
2: care. Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's a thrash band. I would scour like Kerrang and like, uh, as I say, I would, like when a metal forces which would rarely come into my newsagents was there.
0: It was just heaven. and for me as well I mean being in those magazines I mean it's it's like just being in those magazines was just like you know this is just fucking awesome you know I mean it's like well I went to Christmas on Earth in uh, Leeds Leeds, Queen's Hall which was you know Megadeth were headlining there was Laz Rocket on there was Voivod who weren't able to make it there was um uh Nuclear Assault Virus opened um there was um uh, God, loads of loads of bands played basically, right? And this was Christmas on Earth, right? And um, this was it was December Christmas. It was December. Um, oh, I want to see what they ni- did. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, good idea. This was December nineteen eighty-seven. October nineteen eighty-eight. We're on tour with Nuclear Assault So, yeah. like, you know, ten months. Ten months after. Being a you know being a fan watching Nuclear Assault, we're on the road with them.
2: Well, I say it's clear from your podcast, like listening to it, how much of a fan you were and how you were just dropped in the middle of it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I guess it, I, I don't know if I would have been able at that point to take it all in. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Because you're playing with not just bands that are, are well good. In retrospect, like you're yeah. already a fan of these bands, and like now you're on tour with them, you're opening up for Nuclear Assault or whatever, playing with DRI. Fucking, the old oh, next to but me th- on the bus is Dan Nilk.
0: But yeah, of. but the weird, th- the weird thing is, right, is that like you you get to the first gig, right, Camden Camden Electric Ballroom. You get to the first gig, you meet you meet the guys. You're like, oh hi hi hi, right. Um, Jem Fat Bastard Howard as, as he's credited as Metallica's tour manager on Ride the Lightning right so Jem Fat Bastard who's no longer a fat bastard so Jem no longer a fat bastard Howard is our tour manager he works for the label Paul Lowsby is nuclear assaults manager and he's he's looking after them. But so so we've literally got this like Jem we've known since we signed to the label he was the guy that rang me and said we want to sign you he's like a father figure to us looking after us introducing us to the band they're all their lovely guys straight away we meet, we meet so we go out on stage Re-Animator, Reanimator open who are our mates who we've got signed to to Music for Nations as well the irony being we got Re- Re- Reanimator's demo off them and gave it to Music for Nations and got them signed third on the bill opening that night first ever gig Paradise Lost right who end up who end up signing to Music for Nations fucking centuries later but anyway um, so we, you know, we, we, you know, Rihanna may go and play. We go and play, and we come off. And and like, you know, nuclear assault are only a little bit older than us. I mean, at that. But at that no, age, no, no, you're a kid a, at this point. Yeah but, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but okay. So I'm 18, and they may be what 2021. It's it. You know, no, later on okay. in life, yeah, that age enough. difference is small, but yeah. at that age, it's a little bit bigger. Okay. But um, And we come off and they're like, oh man, you know, Dan Looker comes straight up and he's like, man, that was fucking awesome. That was fucking awesome. Fast forward to 2015, we get invited to play um, the, uh, oh, what's the um, Eindhoven Metal Meeting. So we go over to Eindhoven, we play Eindhoven Metal Meeting, right? We play it, do the gig we're out back like packing up just like you were packing up when I bumped into you earlier right we're packing up I just hear this Howard I turn around and fucking Dan Lilker is Dan Lilker stood over the other side of the room he's going get the fuck over here I'm like straight over give him a big hug Can't I was like imagine I was like oh mate I was like it's so good to see you he was like it's good to see you as well man it's like how are you doing alright it's like did you see the show He was like no I was like cool <laughs> it was just so good to see him Okay, um, but, <laughs> but but yeah, so so we do that we do that Nuclear Assault thing, and like Dan's coming over and ask great right? and John, who's like an oddball, total oddball. Glenn's cool, um, Anthony's cool. I mean, fuck me, we talked so many times with those guys. Got re- I, you know the first time I ever got stoned was probably with Nuclear Assault. Um, we had to go and do a radio interview together. with me, with me, Anthony from Nuclear, Anthony from Nuclear Assault, Anthony Romanti, Glenn Evans, and me. And it was just the three of us, and we, had, we we got driven out there, and we were we were absolutely off our boxes, stoned, total red-eyed, laughing at everything. And we had to we had to go and do these we had to go and do these radio interviews, and we we just sat there and just giggled through them, like it was just untrue.
2: I've got another question, but I'll come to that in a minute. Did you have a manager, or were you the manager of Acid Rain um, at the time?
0: We, I got a, I was the manager. I got assigned. I got the I got you know I got the finance for the demo. Came up with the idea of Ochkenstein, wanted I split the budget between 50-50, you know, half spent on recording, half spent on packaging to make it look like we were already signed. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like to me, it was just blindingly obvious that you don't post a fucking C90 to a record label. Why would you do that? And it turns out full circle, um, I did an interview for a documentary with um, with Jem, which is probably never going to be seen but um, he said we, we were the we were the only band that they ever signed from an unsolicited demo tape Um, and I still think that's but to me to me as a as a 17 year old kid to me it it was just blindingly obvious that you had to how can you stand out from all of these cassettes like just thudding through the door every day it's like well easy you make it look like you've already got a fucking deal so
2: right I'll do a partridge here, can I shock you? <laughs> uh, I uh, fucking did exactly the same to get signed to Holy Raw.
0: Really? Oh, oh, oh right, you, you didn't just go and get a job there and decide to sign no, your own no, band? No, 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 uh, weirdly.
2: Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I am um, a big, big fan of the label, and um, instead of just sending them a demo like everyone fucking does, or an MP3 uh, or a link, I just wrote... Pen to paper, a a letter of how much I love the label. What was my first buy on the label? Like, um, what this band meant to me, etc., etc. And sent it. And then a few days later, I got got the call. Like, it's not rocket science, though, is it? But
0: also, I think. But also, I think straight away, if you're working at a label and you get that letter and you get that demo, everyone in the label goes. If we sign these guys, they'll work their absolute nuts off. That yeah. that passion that passion you can't you can't you can't put a price on it. Because they're all gonna be doing their job, and if the band don't do theirs, they may as well all go home. They may as well all do nothing as opposed to put any effort into your release. And you when you know, getting that I can I can just imagine, you know. That getting passed around the office, going like, "Wow, check this out! Look at this!" What? You know, and then put, and then they all put, and then they put the tape on. Expect it to be shit, you know. And then they yeah. put it on. They go, "Oh wow, what a relief! It's actually, it's actually really good as well."
2: Yeah, pretty much. He said the same thing.
0: He's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, "Phew." Uh, right, okay. right. Hang on, hang on. Um, let's. Um, yeah, you've got another question. Due to the miracle of technology, I have gone and had a heroic after now, gig
2: piss. What I am interested in is knowing what you leave in your podcasts. Why did you not take it into the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> as you I, just I, I went just, to the loop?
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, I recently had to take a. I recently had to take a, a little chunk out of a podcast, which I will, oh, which I'll talk to you about. <laughs> but I, but I have made the full uncensored interview available for Patreon subscribers. <laughs> you have to get it, but.
2: You know? freak people out when you say, "Oh yeah, this has been recording already," and they're like, "You instantly make them, at, you know, not unease. They're like, "Oh god, I'm fucking tense now. What have I just said? But, what have I done?"
0: Yeah, but no, but the, the the whole idea is, it's just a telephone conversation. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just a bit of a chat. And and the the, the one I'm going to tell you about that I can't talk. About, um, that was. Um, I was literally I was like yo yo and, and we just started talking I've never met the guy you know and, and, and we just started talking and we just and the thing is he got so relaxed while we were talking that he said a few things that he like emailed me about a couple of days later. And I think yeah he probably, <laughs> you he probably need to me. take that but that's the advantage of of that being an in inverted commas artist I remember when I interviewed Mina from um, Life of Agony and the first thing you know I, I did my you know I'm you know have a thrash band, stand-up comedy, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing she said was, well, first of all, it's uh, it's nice to know I'm talking to an artist. Thank you for that. Okay. And, it's, and straight away, I think, certain amount certain barriers go down where, where people just go like, OK, yeah, I can talk to somebody who... They know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? And it's like they're not going to be fishing for clickbait and and you know I, and, and you can just let them rumble and especially if you can empathize as well it just it just makes it all a lot you know
2: that's the key word isn't it like empathy you if you don't have it interviews are shit like yeah. f- from the off and you can tell like um j- just like if you're doing like the, the circuit like we do and like you're doing the, the, the festivals during the summer and you do all these interviews. Some have just got it and some haven't. It's just like a band. Some bands have got it and some bands haven't got it.
0: i would had that today. Yeah. But to be fair, um, we then found out from the guy that it was his, it was his first ever, um, it, was his, it was his first ever, like, you know, live interview. And it's was like, wow, in that case, oh, you know, sweet. he did well. He did well. But um, yeah, no, as long as, as, long as you empathise with people... Um, I mean I, I went I'm, I, I interviewed I interviewed Otep um, A couple of years ago For about like an hour on the, on, and, and she was And, and I was like we, By the end of it We were just like Cracking jokes And just having fun And then uh, When she played over here um, Last year I went over And uh, And she just came Walking over And she was like Here he is She said like, how's it going man She gave me a big hug And um, We sat down And had a chat For 45 minutes And when I switched it off PR gay came over and he goes, What are you like to her? And she looked at me and she goes, Oh, yeah, this was supposed to be 15 minutes, but I love talking to you. And I was like, That's so cool. You, Another question, not
2: the one I want to ask. Right. You've interviewed a lot of people, yes. right? Podcasts, like, uh, the best thing when you discover a podcast, and I've only just recently become a bit of a podcast nerd, is you find something you like, right? For me, your interviews like are interviews. The rants, mate. That is where I'm at, right? So I will go back, and I know your headspace like, from a certain time, right? right? And th- I don't you love just discovering a podcast and then going back, discovering all those old episodes, yes? And like, and then like, a, even if you're interviewing a band I hate or something I'll, I'll skip to oh no I've missed that right so I'll get back right here's a new rant coming it's fucking great I love that
0: oh thank you thank you yeah I, I, I often think sometimes it's like I know there are people who like rants out there but I also think that like you know there are people who will just skip by them and just and just do go the straight to the interview which yeah, is we, yeah, yeah. absolutely fine as long as they're listening and getting something out of it I you know I'm, I'm not bothered um, but um, I um, have you have you heard the Channel Zero one yet? when I interviewed the singer from Channel no, Zero. No, no, no. The, the Belgian Metallica. As, OK. As I've name. never heard of Channel Zero. Right, they're a Belgian band, right? Now, I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to spoil the interview for you. Right, Or maybe I should. Um, in fact, I will, because, because basically people hearing this on different times might go and search it out. So, in 1989... Um, in 1988, we played Ghent in Belgium, and I met a guy called um, uh, Toons Herman or Tony Herman. Um, we just hit it off, really good friends. Um, I gave him my I gave him my address. We started writing. We played there a year later. He came, and it was like oh, I was really good to see him. And he gave me a shirt, and we you know we've been pen friends, and all the rest. Of it. Um, and um, and Channel Zero. Um, oh god, no! It wasn't Channel Zero. It was a band called Sixty Nine, and a couple of their members went. What just on... happened there? It's a different band now. No, no. All oh, right. Bear okay. Me. Okay. So a couple, a couple of members of Sixty Nine who were on before us went on to form Channel Zero. And Toons Tony sent me Channel Zero's first demo, which I really liked. And he was like, and um, uh, and then um, I think it was about 1990. It was 1990. I got, I got a letter from him. And I opened him up and, um, and he said, Hi, Howard, I hope you're well. Um, I have some bad news. By the time you read this, I will be dead. Um, Shit. Yeah, and he, he hung himself. Um, Fuck, OK. Yeah, and in that letter, it said, um, I really hope that... I hope you like the Channel Zero demo I sent you. I really hope that you and Danny can do something together one day. I think you guys would we work well together. And twenty five years later, I interviewed Danny from Channel Zero and I tell, I said you we've got a mutual friend, Tony Hermans. He's got Tony I said, Toons Hermans and he and his face just dropped. He was like You knew Toons? I said, yeah. I said I I got a letter. And he said he only did ten of those letters. I said, Oh my God. He said I um... he said, I found him. Hang in. Oh shit like, fuck and um and it's it, it will always always be the fo my the favorite interview my most favorite interview I've ever done because because I had so many questions because I just got a letter from my Belgian pen friend to say by the time you read this I'll be dead and did you believe it at the time absolutely because it was also contained within the letter was a was a um, program from a funeral. and it was just... It was m- absolutely mind mashing you know. Um, and it took 25 years to, to get some answers to some questions that I had. And, you know, there I am chatting to, you know, the singer of Channel Zero about it, and um, who are the Belgian Metallica. We became friends on Facebook. And I've, I know some people in Belgium, and straight away I was like three or four messages from, pe- from friends in Belgium saying... Jesus you're, me- you're friends with him what the hell what's going on How- and I was like I can't it's a long story yeah. but that's, that's that's my that's the favourite interview that I've ever done because it was deeply deeply personal to us both and it started out as audio only and then it quickly became video and he he took me around his house and showed me like some art that tunes that had done for him and, and it, it basically just completely stopped being about music or his band or, or anything it was just that's the two of us talking.
2: Uh, yeah, that's it. That's beyond interview, then, isn't it? Instantly, it's.
0: It was. It, be- it was. It, it was therapy. Life. It was therapy for me, to be honest, um, because I, like I said, I I, 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 didn't know what the fuck was going on, and here I was talking to Danny, who's, who'd been to his funeral, and you know, was with the person who found him, and.
2: Jesus. Yeah. So that that is with you. Forever, forevermore.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, and, it, and it's online forever as well, so go check it out, folks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what, what, is that an oldie?
0: Yeah, or... that's quite early. It was quite early doors. Wow, oh. OK. Sorry, but, I didn't mean to sort of... No, no, it. that's
2: good. Uh, like, I've, I've interviewed a couple of people that have died since I've interviewed them, and... That's weird. Yeah, so I think I'm, I mentioned it to Pretty you. fucking short. Oh, no. <sighs> <laughs> That's a good look, though.
0: Are you done? It uh, can be, why are you ready at rock? We're nearly half an hour late, believe me. Rich, oh, right, Rich yeah. and Kiki want to get back, do they? Oh, right, well, no, I'm done. Yeah, okay, man, ready, yeah.
2: they're waiting for me as well. Another okay. time. Well, ask your last question. Right, last question. Yes. Oh, I want to talk about dead people, but next time. Next right, time. Right, okay, so. Obnoxious. Yes. Right. I know you had an alternate cover ready to go. Yes.
0: Drawn by Stilly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Understood. And like my very first interview with you that you can't remember many many years ago. Yes, sorry. Right. Um yeah, so I talked to you about that, but what I didn't get to is what was the mindset we're going to put this out? Was that was that purely you again? Was that What you, the, the, the you the, the, mean the pink cover? The luminous pink.
0: Um it, it was Ramsey's idea he denies that to the day to to this day but it was his idea right and um he just said look if we put cyan on pink it'll just fuck with people's eyes those two colors just make your eyes go funny it does and it's yeah. really obnoxious so why don't we just do that because they turn it, and we're yeah all right so we told the label and then they took it around with it
2: so n- no beef from the label at all you didn't have any problems that you just said this that's is that's their design doing?
0: That's their design. They they gave they did that and gave it to us and said, "Is this okay?" And we went, rightly or wrongly, yes. And
2: from what I can gather from what you've said previously, you're quite proud of that award that it won.
0: Terrorizer 2009 worst metal album cover ever. (laughs) That's good.
2: Final question. Yes. Do you ever regret it? Not for a minute.
0: Not for a minute. No. No. No regrets. I'd rather regret. Uh, you know. You know the old saying. You know. I'd rather. I'd rather regret. I'd, I'd, I'd rather regret stuff I've done than stuff I haven't the done. The b- um, butthole surfers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, no. No, not at all. Not at all. But what's really funny is seeing modern reviews, like as recently as like a couple of years ago, people doing like. A, going back and and, and 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 going like oh you know got this album, written, this written, cover's yeah, terrible and literally what I did learn was that human beings are pretty much fucking stupid because people people just look saw that album cover and were just like oh, oh this must be shit then do you know what I mean, it's like it literally and, and journalists at the time are guilty of that as well which is just hilarious it's just like well you do realise that the cover doesn't affect the music inside don't you you know. It wasn't a
2: pre-planned thing. It was after the record was done, or was this before? Yeah, yeah.
0: no, no. It was it was after the record was done. We thought we had a cover. We we, we submitted it. They said no, uh, which we ended up making a T-shirt of it. Um, and um,
2: they, we, they said to you, "We're not having that. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to go with this thing."
0: Yeah, the weird thing is, if you looked, if you if you see the artwork, they turned down. It's considerably better than than what than what they designed. Bizarre, absolutely bizarre. I don't know why they did that.
2: That's all I need to know, man. Is that? That's I, what I, I need can go like? home now for my four-hour journey. I'm quite happy.
0: Oh man, four hours. serves you right.
2: Yeah, man. That's it. They've been waiting for.
0: Oh no, album And my band's waiting for me. I'm sorry, the band is waiting for me, dude. Absolutely. there we pleasure. go. Thank you. We've crossed the streams and it worked. Hey. I'm fucking happy as you can tell Paul and I get on rather well um that was great fun um both kind of coming down from uh, our various sets uh, he's such a funny guy such a great guy to talk to I could talk to him all day I really could and um I really want to meet Dan as well who's his um um uh, I was gonna say sidekick but a partner on the uh, on the different times podcast um because uh, uh, I, I probably end up it's weird I, I, I when they're talking about music I find myself really agreeing with one of them on nearly every band but it's never the same one um, but yeah check so check out the Different Times podcast and um, and check out Talking Bollocks and check out Patreon why not become a patron of the podcast because that way you can have your very very own podcast that's right a Bollocast podcast all of your own. Can you believe that shit? No, didn't think you could. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? So, um, yes, um, all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Sign up for $5 a month. I think it's nearly $6 a month, including tax. It's it's less than £5 and you get a shed load of content Every month. You get your own Bollocast. You get to ask questions of artists. Um, you get to send me your questions. And I'll ask them. And I'll we'll put it all in a special Bollocast. Just for you. In your ears. This is my sexy voice. Wherever you are listening to this. Walking along. Driving along. Just know that you... Are one sexy beast. People are looking at you right now and thinking, wow, check him, her, it, whatever you identify as. Check that out. They are really, really sexy. Do you feel good now? Do you? Would you like Howard to give you a little kiss? (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. This is the unique way to bring the podcast to a close. Fucking hell. That was beginning to freak me out, so apologies for that. I would imagine that's properly freak you out um so yes it is the end of the podcast it's the end of the podcast as we know it it's the end of the episode for this month but there's one coming next month so don't despair listen to this without a care howard h smith has made you a podcast whatever you do make sure you listen whatever you do make sure you sign up a patreon whatever you do Miss this bit out because it's a bit shit. Um, Thanks a lot for listening. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for all your support. Please do share and tell people about the podcast as much as possible. That way I get to do even more exciting shit than I'm doing at present. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. It's been awesome. Speak to you next month. Goodbye.